French fried potatoes. One potato, two potatoes, three potatoes, four, five potatoes, six potatoes, seven potatoes, one potato, two potatoes, three potatoes, four, five potatoes, six potatoes, seven potatoes, more. Potatoes. Welcome to the Potato League Podcast with your hosts, Dan and Tom. Thanks, DJ. Thank you, DJ. Uh, welcome to episode 344. We look loud. Do we look, do we sound I wonder if we sound loud. I don't know. I was going to say, do we sound loud? Not to us, we don't. No. Um, we sound our regular voices yep. to us. Uh, episode 344, just uploaded episode 343. That was uh, just before Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, the 29th, I think. Yeah, so October 29th. So it's been three weeks, four yeah. weeks. One, That's two, it really No, four, three weeks. Three weeks, sorry. I can't count. Uh, three weeks since we last recorded. In that time, uh, I have not watched a single movie. Holy shit. I haven't watched a lot. You, you, Yeah, I was surprised when I went on yours this morning to see that it wasn't as many. I was able to fit everything you haven't watched on one page. Well, it's because I was able... I, Without I, scrolling. I, des- I decided to watch like two four-hour-long Scorsese documentaries. Yeah. Did you break those up? A lot. Yeah. Um, What I've been doing in the meantime, this has been a, a, all of it kind of happened at once. Um, We're having the, uh, the, (laughs) this makes it sound like this, it's this huge sprawling manor. The main roof of the house uh, being reshingled. Ah. Um, The main roof and the, and the parts that go up the sides uh, being reshingled. And it has been a month long process for, Dude, Ver- various I, we're, reasons. We're still waiting on our house to be finished being painted. Yeah, see, and that started uh, in fucking yeah. August. So you August. get it. Yeah. Same idea here. Um, yeah. we're, we're at the point now where we're like, if they could just finish priming it before the snow starts, yeah. that would be great. Because he's he has scraped scraped some of the boards down, and it's yeah. like, it's fucking winter now, dude. Right. Like, that wood's going to get damaged over the winter. Right. Um, like, ours has been a combination of... Typical contractor shit, which yeah. is, hey, I'll be there tomorrow, and then fucking you don't see him for three days. Uh, it's been, it's a, been three weeks since we saw our yeah. banner. It's been it's been a mix of that, and then uh, at one point uh, he ran into some. It looked like some water had gotten under the like where the chimney is, so like the boards like in the immediate vicinity of the chimney oh. were all kind of rotted out. Yeah. So you know, I mean, that's not his fault, obviously, but you, it's an extra day mm-hmm. anyway, uh, which. <laughs> with your typical contractor turns into an extra three days um without a doubt so there's been that and then uh our washing machine died so the we thought the dryer was going to die because it's been loud lately like squeaking mm-hmm. so then of course the, the washing machine is what died so we just said fuck it we'll just replace both of them so um we were kind of excited because we we went ahead and got good ones like yeah, those are nice. Better than what we have normally gotten. Our mistake that we made, I don't know if you noticed it, because uh, when you walk through, actually probably not because the lights are on. It is now way darker in there. Yeah, because they're dark. They're black. Because they're black. Right, yeah. I'd never even considered that, that the two, the white washer and dryer act essentially as moons mm-hmm. and reflect all the light from the one tiny bulb that we leave on all the time. Um, but without those there and... With the the overhead lights off, and you just and if we just have that one bulb on, which we leave on all the time, it is fucking dark in there. (laughs) And it was like shock. The first time it came through, was like, is there a fucking? Why why is it so dark? Is there a light out? 
Kinda. Yeah. There's no longer two huge chunks of glossy white metal that are reflecting yeah. all the light from that one little light bulb. Um, so yeah, we, we, the, if you want to do anything out there, you have to turn the overhead lights on, which is fine. But it was just uh, uh, something that we didn't even consider. I was so fucking worried about space, because if we were going to get these new honking devices uh, front load... Um, the pad, the concrete pad that they sit on is only so big. I mean, we had plenty of room. We, we had like about a three-eighths of an inch left over. So There you go, plenty of space. All kinds of space. Yeah, plenty of room. Uh, it's actually a laughably small amount of space that they bi- just barely fit. But we were thrilled. Um, the thing I'm nervous about now is like how high-tech they are and that yeah. if anything goes wrong, like... Yeah, it's not as simple as like, oh, just going to put a belt on. Yeah, that I, feel, I feel like it's going to be way worse than that. Yeah. Um, it is very cool, though, the uh, the dryer. You don't even set a time. It senses the amount of humidity in the dryer mm. and shuts off when it's dry. So, like, yeah. s- blankets and stuff, yeah. 20 minutes, it just shuts off because it's dry in there. And then, like, heavier shit, it'll just, it'll add. You'll see it click up and add, like, 12 minutes or whatever yeah. if it's not close yet. That's pretty cool. Very cool. Smart um, technology. Yeah, they are very... Means, yeah, it's a computer issue yeah. when something goes wrong. So, they are very cool. Um... And then, of course, just to add to all of it, the fucking dishwasher died right before Thanksgiving. Um, we were hoping uh, that it was maybe just a part, uh, but it turned out it wasn't. He, yeah. Plumber came over yesterday and put it in. He didn't charge us anything. He said, I, this was just a, I hope this works. <laughs> um, but yeah. it didn't, so we'll be buying a new dishwasher, too. Which I'm actually fine with, because I fucking hate our dishwasher. Because <laughs> when we replaced it the last time... Uh, the guy from Dave's World was, you know, gave us the whole spiel about, oh, it's all the same parts and all these things, and they're going to die at the same time. You might as well just buy the cheapest one, and because mm-hmm. it's going to die anyway. It lasted. We so we bought a cheap one. Yeah. You know, we were like, yeah, that makes sense. Everything you said makes sense. So yeah. we bought a cheap one. Fucking hated it. It sounds like a fucking airplane mm-hmm. taking off because there's not as much insulation yeah. and it's a plastic tub. Um, and it died in three years. So like, fuck you, dude from Dave's World. You were wrong. So <laughs> we're going to buy a nice one this time. Um, but still, you don't want to be replacing uh, washer, dryer, and dishwasher right before Christmas after you have yeah. uh, paid for an entire new roof. Yeah. But anyway, that's what I've been doing. That's fun. That's shit. been adulting, my list. Adulting is awesome. Oh, my God. Every time I hear you do? the kids at school be like, oh, man. Yeah. It's so hard. I'm just like, shut up, kids. You have no idea. Team. That's not good, Sam Uh Yeah, I know. And, and it is a... Part of it is, and you feel like the, 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 oh man, I'm really old when you're like, yeah, it sucks that we have to pay for this. And, you know, cause it's, you, you gotta have it. Yeah. Um, but on the other hand, like now we can get an upgrade on our fucking dishwasher. Like who gives a fuck about that? Grown ups do. Yeah. But whatever. 100%. So that's been the last couple of weeks of my life. Um, and what I did with the, uh, once I had gone past a week, once I realized I had gone past a week without watching a movie and my streak was fucked. Oh. I, which would kill you, I'm sure. Oh my god, I can't let that happen. No, no. I gotta just make sure I'm not close. <laughs> Has it been a couple days since you watched it? It's been a couple days, but yeah. I think I'm fine. I think Cause I'm fine. Because I, I am familiar with the panic yeah. uh, that can set in. Whoops. I'm gonna turn this down a little bit. Uh, the panic that will set in when you, uh, all of a sudden, you were, oh my god, does it cut off on Saturday or Friday or something like that? I know, it changes depending on the year. Yes, right. Yeah, I don't like the way they count no. weeks. I, I think you got to stick to it's every Friday or every, mm-hmm. well, really every Saturday at every Saturday at 11.59 p.m. is when it should switch. But anyway, 
uh, once I got past that, I decided I'm not in the mood for it right now. I'm not going to force myself to watch something I don't want to. So I'm just not going to watch anything until Thanksgiving break. November, what's today's date? The 19th. Okay, I'm good. This is the last day and I've done three <laughs> movies this week. Okay, oh yeah, you're fine. Yeah, we're good. When was the last one you watched? Uh, a personal journey with Martin Scorsese through American film. What was the date on that? Uh, I think I finished that off a Wednesday, maybe oh. Tuesday. Yeah, you're fine. I should, I could just look at it. I have it right here. Uh, yeah, you watched it on the seventeenth, so you watched it Friday. You finished it Friday. Yeah. You all kinds of time. Um, uh oh, it's never a good scene. We've got Red Zone up. Uh, it's never a good scene when is that Bosa? That is Bosa. Oh my god, yeah, it says right there. Return questionable. Uh, I don't know, when they're on the cart and they've got a towel and over their crying. face and they're crying, Yeah. usually that knows that means they know they just did yeah. something. They're not back in next quarter. And felt it. Speaking of which, Thursday Night Football, holy fuck. Talk about taking out some yeah. AFC contenders. I mean, it didn't crush the Ravens because it's not like Lamar got hurt, but yeah. their second most important offensive player got hurt and is... Done for I, the year. Done for the year. From what they're saying, they I, the first thing was done for the year, and then the second thing I saw was maybe playoffs, maybe back for playoffs. But yeah. being presumptuous know. there, didn't he break his? It was not the the fibula is the, not load bearing, so yeah, I guess fibula? it's I guess it's okay to break that one. Yeah. I don't know. Um, Still, you don't want to break a leg in no, the season. No, it just seems like that'll right put a crimp in your step. Um, Dallas Goddard, for example, broke his arm in the Dallas game. He'll be back in four weeks. Yeah. That's not unusual. I mean, that's that's really just uh, regaining strength. It's actually, I watched a thing on a uh, uh, video put up by the Eagles the other day talking about like his recovery and stuff like that. And thing you don't think about, like he can't right now, uh, this is great for a podcast, he can't lift his thumb past here. Yeah. Because like the muscle doesn't work quite yet. He can't, yeah. he can't do a thumbs up yeah. for those that are listening. Uh, which means everyone but Dan. <laughs> um, he can't give a thumbs up right now. Uh, he broke the ulna, whatever the inside one is. Yeah, because yeah, it's ulna and radius. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. Whichever one the inside one is, the one that he broke, and that's, I guess, yeah. there's thumb tendons there, too, and like it's now it's, it's a strength thing yeah. um, to come back from that. But leg, yeah. yeah, I don't know. But then, of course, the big one was uh, Burrow, um, and there's a lot of... Other stuff going along with that, but he yeah. tore a tendon in his wrist, and he is definitely done for yeah, the he year. Looked, he looked like he was in pain. After oh yeah, that throw. And he couldn't even on the sideline. They showed it after he couldn't even grip the ball to throw it. Yeah, he tried uh, and just like crumbled. So like he's he's done. Yeah. Um, Thank goodness the, for NFL guaranteed money. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Um, his big thing, the big thing that was with that was uh, there was a video that the Bengals posted, and all the teams do this. They post. Like videos of the team walking off the plane, you know, slow mo with their bags and their sunglasses mm. and whatnot to make it, you know, we're in town, baby. Um, and in the video, it looks like he might have something on his wrist, like a brace, mm. which they did not. And there was no injury designation uh, before the game. So the Bengals could get in big trouble for that. Yeah. Like big trouble from the league. Oh, yeah. Like maybe lose a first round draft pick. Because uh, there's a lot of money in if the quarterback's injured or not. That yeah. that affects a lot of people. Yeah. Um, 
Right. Looking at it right there, DraftKings. Sportbook. Yeah, exactly. What is up on the main what page? What is up on the main page of uh, right in the shares a box with two other games on NFL Red Zone yep. is uh, DraftKings. So it's very, it's 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 lucrative. It's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, so the 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 question is, did he have an injury beforehand and he made it worse in the game? Yeah. Or did he have an injury beforehand, and it just happened to coincide with him? Because it was the act. He got. What, did he get hit on the arm mm-hmm. as he was throwing? I didn't even fucking. I, 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 I don't even remember what happened like a now. Gif of it mostly. Yeah, because yeah. I started watching the game after it happened, um, and so was it a thing where he maybe had some issue with his hand or wrist beforehand, and then also did this? Yeah, I don't know if that makes it any better. And then the other theory is that uh, it kind of also looked like one of those uh, gloves you wear when you're using a tablet a lot, so you don't get your handprints on it. Yeah. And like they, that's how they watch film. Mm-hmm. Is on. And maybe he was watching film on the plane, and he has the little neoprene glove on, so he doesn't get thumbprints on his. Yeah, so we can do. Beep, 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 yeah. You know, minority report that shit. I, I, I don't. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> what just happened? Yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, I am also sporting a ring. Oh, I see that. I have no idea how. I woke up this morning and my, I went to like move my pinky a certain way and your, it was like fucking screaming pain down my arm. Your fingers look swollen. Do they? A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Could just be I've wrapped it too tight. It might be. But yeah, no, just woke up, you know, old person injury. Woke up with a wrist injury this morning. Can't fucking tell you why. Uh, carpal tunnel or something? I don't know. Did you type a lot this week? Nope. Write a lot this week? Nope. Hmm. Yeah, again, nothing to... Pre- <laughs> I worked out all week long. Nothing happened. Nothing felt bad ever. And then just this morning, I went to move my pinky a certain way, and I was like, oh, what the fuck? So I'm hoping it's just I slept on it wrong or something. I would get on the phone with Joe Burrow <laughs> and see what he thinks. Yeah. Uh, see if it's a similar injury, only on the other side. Mm. Um, yeah, maybe maybe you have a... Uh, it's a Joe Burrow sympathy... That could be injury. That could be only uh, it's yeah. on the. Uh, it's still on your right hand. Yeah, uh, on the opposite side. Um, yeah, getting old is. Uh, yeah, I, I've been like my little story with that is that I've been back in physical therapy this past month or two. That's also sucked up so much time. I'm fucking mm-hmm. tired of it. And every time I start PT, because it's when you have a chronic condition like I do, the and the doctors don't have any more answers for you. Uh, they just rotate between trying a different pill and going back to PT. Yeah. Try a different pill, go back to PT, try a different pill. So I, they've long since, I've long since told them to stop trying to offer me pills because yeah. it doesn't fucking work. Um, and it causes other issues. And then with the PT, even if maybe in some way I am making gains, I then just am constantly recovering from PT. Mm-hmm. Which is no better. Yeah, which is not. <laughs> which is worse, actually, than just dealing with it. And the idea being that, oh, well, eventually you'll stop having to. That will stop mm. happening. It doesn't. No. It doesn't even. It's, it hasn't even decreased. Maybe it when decreased. we were twenty-five. Yeah, and and maybe for other people, I don't fucking know. But uh, with me, it's the longer I do PT, the worse I feel. Mm-hmm. Now, I will admit that I have uh, my my flexibility is better because this time in PT we've concentrated more on stretching and stuff. But um, just overall, come on, Jared Goff, you got to be better than that. They, this would be a very Lions thing to do. Would be to lose to the fucking Bears. Yeah. 
especially since I've got three lions in my starting lineup today. Oh, yes. Uh, good segue. I thought we'd do a, since I have fucking no uh, movies to talk about. Uh, mid-ish. Uh, no, actually, we're kind of actually close to the end of the regular fantasy season. Mm-hmm. Um and we've not yet really caught up on uh, the PLP League, and given that you and I are playing each other this week, yes, um, I thought we'd... Come on. Jesus fucking Christ. And also, this would be a very commander's thing to do, lose to the fucking Giants. You fucking assholes. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't matter really, but... Uh, let's see... You have an inactive player in your lineup. That's good for me. Yeah, he uh, apparently went inactive this morning. Yeah. And what's funny is I... I knew he was very doubtful. I just picked him up this week because I also have two other wide receivers that are out. He's been lighting it up. Yeah, exactly. He went two weeks where he lit shit up. So I'm like, fuck it, I'll pick him up. Why not? Uh, We're talking about Noah Brown. But yeah, then... uh, Yeah, down he goes. Because yeah, I've got... Tyler Lockett is out this week. Uh, Justin Jefferson is out this week. I mean, JJ might be back next week. Yeah, I need him for that other league. Fucking, I started off four and zero. JJ got hurt. Then all of a sudden, I was four and four. Yep. <laughs> I've won my last two games, but uh, it sucks when the best player in the league is not on your team anymore. Yeah, you can, it's real. It's hard to to uh, absorb that blow um, when your first round and your second round pick are so far apart. That's yep. why I I was bitch about drafting near the end. But like, you you do have a certain level of insurance when you get like the say the 12th and 13th best players mm-hmm. and then you still kind of have two first rounders um yeah but when you have justin jefferson and then your next pick is pick 29 in our league or pick 24 and in, in this one mm-hmm. um it's hard to uh to get past that yeah uh yeah right now my top three uh goff montgomery and gibbs those three have been good for about 50 points a game for me Oh, yeah. So, of course, now today they have scored a total of zero. Actually, negative .02 between the three of them. Yes. Now, in fairness, we are only 27 minutes into Sunday, but yeah, still, they're playing the fucking Bears. They, they should be... I thought uh, they would have a fine week. They should be. Uh, now, most of the year, well, I shouldn't say most of the year, or a lot of the year, they, it's either been one or the other. One of them has been not playing, the other one has. But mm-hmm. it, they, just like we talked about uh, the day of the draft... This is a situation where having both of them is fine. Uh, yeah, because it, usually it's been Lions one of them will have a 100-yard game, the other one will score a touchdown or two. And it's funny, last week was the first time they had played together since like week three or something, mm-hmm. and David Mar- the, going into the season, the thing was Jameer Gibbs was going to get all the work between the 20s and rack up his points with catches and mm-hmm. yardage, and David Montgomery, and explosive plays... And David Montgomery was going to score all the goal line touchdowns, and that's how he was going to score his points. Mm-hmm. So sure enough, last week, David Montgomery has a breakaway touchdown and scores most of his points in yardage, and Jameer Gibbs scores two goal line touchdowns. Yeah. So Yeah. Last week was a good week for me. It just goes to show we don't know fucking anything. No. Uh, week to week. Um, yeah, so I've got my, my, my main stack there of Lamar and Mark Andrews uh, is dead, but... Uh, I do have Jake Ferguson as my backup tight end, so that actually kind of softens the blow. Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to... So, in our league, sometimes people aren't really paying attention, and they drop people because they see that IR tag, and they Mm -hmm. just assume it means the whole year. So, Nick had dropped Devon A-Chain, so... Oh, nice. I picked him up. 
Um, and then whoever had Kyron Williams did the same. He's going to be back next week. A-Chain's in today. Yeah. Um, I like my team uh, other than if I just have uh, A.J. Brown and Diggs at wide receiver, and then I can load up. Uh, I also got Brees Hall off the waiver wire. Yeah. Yeah, I really like my team, especially once J.J. is back. Yes, when they're all there. Because... They're all, for the most part, they've been very consistent. Like, my kicker has been scoring me like 10 points a game. Yeah. I mean, because Minnesota can't get into the damn end zone enough. Um, they have done well in his absence, though. Yeah. They've actually done the exact opposite of what JJ's fantasy teams have done. They've been winning since he got hurt yeah. and since Kurt got hurt. Well, that's the thing. It's like once uh, JJ got hurt, Hawkinson. Started racking up. Oh, yeah. last, was it last week? He had yeah. a monster. monster he's, day. Yeah, he's had some really good games for me. So he's turned out into a really good tight end pick. Once JJ comes back, who knows if he'll stick with that. But I mean, yeah, look at that. He's only been below 10 points once. And he's been averaging yeah, 15. Yeah, roughly thirty last week. Yeah, um, yeah, and and I mean, when you draft him, he's the third overall tight end. You expect you expect him to be good, but he's been. All draft season, you the, the way that it was kind of thought of was there was Kelsey, very clearly at the top, and then a gap, Mark Andrews, and then an even bigger gap, and then Hawkinson, and then on down. Yeah. But Hawkinson has been right there with... Uh, he's been tight end two all year. He's been better than, than Mark Andrews even when he was in, and um, I mean, still Kelsey. It's Yeah. <laughs> his numbers are just wild. Wild. Especially at his age, yeah. Um, yeah so, oh, I didn't realize we were both seven and three. We're both seven and three. Yeah, first in the East, first in the West. It's a battle of the Titans. It is. Um. <coughs> I mean, it's tough to. Oh, I, I, it's tough to put a lot of weight in the ranking because I don't even know how many people are actually playing lineups. Honestly, um, more than you might think. Yeah. But like, I mean, once you get past us at age seven and three. Yep. Everyone else is between 6 and 4 and 4 and 6, yep. pretty much, with Auto Draft Express being the outlier. Well, you can tell who has been active and who hasn't by roster moves. Oh, um, see, I didn't know that. Well, you can you can. I infer. don't ever look into this. You can infer, obviously. Yeah. Um, it, just because someone has a zero or not many roster moves doesn't mean they're not paying attention. <laughs> I, lo- I love that Mike is uh, 6 and 4 and apparently is auto-playing. Oh, ro- robot Overlords. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, six and zero, four, moves. zero moves. Um, Good job, Mike. Yeah, so one, two, three. which makes his robot overlord's name even better. It really is. So there's only four teams out of the whole league that have made no roster moves. Yeah. Um, there are like I think there was only like four of us there at the draft, but uh, eight out of the twelve are now uh, actively managing their team. So yeah, um, that is a good one. How come there? It doesn't. I want to see. The overall record in this one, but I guess you can't. Whatever. Uh, oh, yeah, apparently all my losses have come in division. That's interesting. That's going to hurt your home field. Yeah. Uh, for the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> my fans aren't going to be able to show up on. Right. I mean, you're going to have to go silent count, and yeah, that's no good. Uh, yeah, so there. Yeah, it has been surprisingly the worst team is three and seven, yeah. and like you said, most everyone else is uh, four and six. Well, everyone else is four and six or better. 
Yeah, a lot of four and sixes, a lot of five and fives, a couple six and fours. Now, it's not that way in my league. Um, the bottom two teams are a combined one and 17. So we have a very... It's not, and we aren't even top heavy in that one. Who, who's tanking um, for the number one draft pick? Come yeah, right, on, right? Um, no, I don't want that. I want standings. Um, well, guys sitting up there at eight and two, but everyone yeah. else is within. There's only like a two or three game difference yeah. between. I know like, Goose and Ice team took a hit this on Thursday, though. Yeah, because you have Mark Andrews. Yeah. Actually, you also have Joe Burrow, yeah. but he hasn't been your starter. No, uh, no, he Stroud's been. Yeah, awesome. Goose made the good decision early on to just put Burrows down. Run, and, but Burrow, Burrow was bad the first three weeks, then he was awesome for three weeks, and now he's out for the year. Yeah. Um, but C.J. Stroud has been terrific. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's how the, uh, the, the fantasy leagues are going. The movie watching. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, what I have been watching in the meantime, we finished up uh, the... I guess annual rewatch of Parks and Rec, um, and there's always a weird, like feeling of at the end of it, you feel kind of sad and empty yep. that you that it's over. But like, if I wanted to, I could just start watching it again immediately, <laughs> you know. So like, it's kind of a dumb thing to think about that or to feel that way. Um, but what I have done, instead of picking a new sitcom to watch. I've started uh, alternating between uh, Monk and Psych. Oh, nice. Which... Well, I know there's a new Monk film coming out. Yeah, I and I, well, I learned that, and then I also learned uh, that there are three Psych movies that are fairly recent. Like yeah. 17, I, I knew there was at least one or two. I didn't know there were three. Yeah, the oh. third one is like 2021 or something. Oh. It's like 2017, 2020, and 2021. Um, so I thought that was interesting. I didn't even know they had made like recent movies, because both shows are... Very much a product of the mid two thousands. They're very mid. That is the big thing, though. Right now, is bringing back shows that are ten years old. Yeah, yeah. And it never has yet to really work well. No, it doesn't. Most most of the the quote like long reboots, sort of. They go. No one cared. Now all of the, I don't even know how to describe it, other than to say like just that mid two thousands USA TV TV show USA show feel to it yeah it's kind of cheap uh which is crazy because apparently suits is like the number one of the still one of the number one shows on netflix what's the story with that i, I don't understand that one no uh because you always see like the uh, the the clickbait articles but yeah, i never want to do I don't it click on them so uh, it's, it's just still a mystery i watched like the first couple episodes of that show and it sucks yeah it was it was bad for even like for me it was most of the, like you said, most of the USA shows had a certain quality to them. Yeah, and you none knew that. of them were great. No, but they were all like, yeah, I could watch this. This yeah. is amusing. It's it is the like hour long procedural equivalent of a dumb sitcom. Yeah. Um, that second wave of them after the success of Psych and Monk and maybe like one or two other Covert Affairs or something. One. Something oh, the one the, with uh, what's his name and Bruce Campbell. Was that is that the one you're talking about? Oh, that's Burn Notice. That's Burn Notice, right? Uh, but yeah, after that first kind of wave, yeah. and then there was um, the ones that followed it were like the the doctor one where he sh- worked in the Hamptons or something. That's right. There was that one, then and there then was the suits and stuff. Those ones, the woman who was like worked for a football team or some shit. Yeah, I can't remember. Those ones are really bad. Yeah. Or I, at least to me, they don't not, have. They were not. They, they were not made for us. They don't have the charm of Monk or yeah. Psych, which again, neither of which is like a 
good show. They're no, both are incredibly repetitive. Yeah, but that's and their charm. Yes, you, um, you know what you're getting when you watch an episode of the, those two shows. Yes, which is why it's easy to watch over dinner and yeah. not really pay attention to it and go out and <laughs> do yeah. you know and not even watch the whole episode. Uh, you know, you ain't missing anything. Yeah. Um. But I am struck by and and again I I started right with season uh, episode one with both of them. The sound on both of them is horrible. Oh yeah, it sounds like it was recorded in a fucking tin can. Not a lot of good with, foley artists on those shows. It's bad. Like I said, yeah. about halfway through the first episode well, of Monk, I looked at Rob and I said, "Is it just me or?" Is a sound on this terrible? Well, I can't understand where they're most saying. Most of those came out before home. Like everybody had a, a fucking seven point one sound bar. Yeah, I guess. House. Most yeah, people at yeah. that point were still listening through volume on their actual television sets. So they were yeah. made, they were probably two channel heavy. Yeah, and that's about it. <laughs> so yeah, you you in today's age where you're used to hearing, you know, good mixes. It's, it's just like eh. it's hard. To, it's hard to even hear the dialogue like it's kind of mumbled or, or mm. i don't know it's it's I, I i thought it was maybe just a yeah i'm an old person. drag out your tube tv <clears throat> yeah it'll sound better that. yeah um but I, i'm enjoying it i know both of them uh kind of get better as they go along just like a lot of shows but uh i'm having yeah. an okay time with them um what else? Oh, the last thing I had um, that I wanted to bring up was when I do jump back into my movie watching rotation. Um, this is an example of where was this two years ago? But uh, on Flick Connection, Darren Van Dam this week had a top twenty Korean movies on Netflix mm-hmm. episode, and I was shocked and embarrassed to find that I think I had only seen two of them. Well, Netflix out of churns 20. them out. Yes, they do. And they is, don't yes. advertise them. Correct. Yeah. So it's uh, like... Uh, I had at least heard of most of them. Yeah. Which um, is why I'm always so stunned when you you hear constantly how these streamers are just hemorrhaging money. And it's yeah. like, stop making so many movies and not telling people about them. Right. Because guess what? We'll watch them if we know they fucking exist. Yes. And even if you know they exist... After two weeks, they don't. You might as well forget it exists because a yeah, you'll never see. We've it We've talked again. about this for years now. How if you put something in your Netflix list, it doesn't keep it chronological based on when you put it in your list. It no. just throws it. You call up your list, and it's fucking random. Yeah. So it's like, oh shit, where's that movie I put on it last week? I don't know. Let me scroll past these movies that have been on here for six fucking years. Right. That you completely forgot that we're yeah. even there. Um, yeah. But it's... yeah, they don't advertise. It's. Unless it shows up in like the top ten this week, yeah. Which I I get why they do it because they're driving numbers to those particular films or TV shows. It's just like but, fuck, man. <clears throat> well, again, I think it is all. I think it's a consequence of greed. Mm-hmm. Once again, like they ruined cable mm-hmm. by making it more expensive and harder to watch and giving you more shitty options. Yep. Um, and that's why everyone. Well, yeah. well that's yeah, why yeah. a lot of people cut the cord and went to streaming because streaming was awesome. Streaming was easy, and streaming was easy. Now because there was again. like three. Yeah, you you had like HBO, again. Hulu, and Netflix. That was pretty much it. Then everybody else had to throw their fucking hat ring in, their hat into the ring, and which on a certain level I'm okay with. Yeah, but uh, but like stuff 
because this is this was a big thing on Netflix. I I'm gonna verify it right now because I haven't actually verified it, but I saw it today, which actually made me glad I ordered a bootleg of this fucking movie. Uh, let me go to oh movies that are Netflix originals going off Netflix, and there's no way to watch them at all. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yep, it is not there anymore. So, um, what movie was it? It was Hush. Mike Flanagan's film. Okay. From, I mean, it's probably like a seven or eight year old film. Isn't gonna, like, break any fucking records. No one is, like, clamoring for it. But here's a guy <coughs> who, you just <coughs> had The Fall of House Sasha come out. Right. And it's, a, you know, one of the most successful shows on Netflix, period. Yeah. After, you know, Midnight Mass, after Haunting of Hill House, after Haunting of Bly Manor. And here's an exclusive, a Netflix exclusive movie he made. That isn't available anywhere else, and you fucking yank it. Because he went to work for Amazon, essentially. Is that why? I'm not saying it is. Yeah. But. But it is. But it is. So, I. Because I was thinking about this while I was watching Fall of the House of Usher. I'm like, what, if they pulled Midnight Master. Because the first two, Fall of the House of Usher and Blind Manor, were co productions. Yeah. So those got physical releases. Midnight Mass. Um, did not. Obviously, Hush did not. Uh, Gerald's Game. I I I ordered bootlegs of them. Yeah, from one of my bootleg person because I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. These might get yanked someday, and I'll want to watch them. And lo and behold, two weeks later, Hush gets yanked. It is. <clears throat> I think it kind of goes along with this whole this. Man, I'm gonna sound like such a douchebag. The corporatization of 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 this mm-hmm. of what's well, because this is what almost to took it. down the movie studios in mm-hmm. like the 50s and 60s. It became too corporate, and it took yeah, you know, United Artists and Scorsese and Coppola and them all branching out and kind of coming into power to take yeah. it away from that for a while. Then the 80s happened again, and the corporations happened again. <laughs> it, it, it does seem to go through, like, 20-year cycles, and we're about due again for another one. For another upsetting of the apple cart. Yeah. Well, and I think what might kickstart that is... <laughs> totally serious when I say this. Wiley Coyote. Oh, uh, my <clears throat> Yeah. That is kind of... That is... I mean, it's obviously a, a completely different situation, but it is not dissimilar from what you were talking yeah. about with Netflix. It is, same, it is the same... It's still the same root problem, which is a corporation deciding that uh, we need to cut costs as much as possible and increase profits as much as possible, mm-hmm. and that is our only uh, driving motivation. <clears throat> so for the second time... So there's this Wiley e. Coyote movie that is made, um, mm. done, and from in the, the sounds of it, good, pretty good, yeah. uh, a good. It's, yeah, I mean, it's not gonna do like Avatar money, but N- no, but it's going seems to like be it's gonna be a fine film, a fine, probably better than Space Jam. <laughs> yeah, a, a fine family yeah. uh, animated feature. Um, Roli- yeah, released in theaters would probably make between sixty and hundred million, depending on how well it does. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Warner Brothers decided to. And this is what they did with the Batgirl movie, and what was the other one? Fuck, I can't remember. Two movies, yeah. two other movies last year that were... Because Batgirl got all the attention. That were canned <clears throat> for no reason other than to get the tax write-off, as to yeah. write it off as a loss. Uh, so they announced, thinking that everyone would be fine with this, 
Uh, we're not going to release the Wile E. Coyote. I don't even remember what it's called. The It doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, the Wile E. Coyote movie. Coyote versus Acme or something like something that. Something like that. Uh, we're not going to release this movie. Uh, we'll take the $30 million tax break. Well, this has started a whole bunch of lawsuits. Yeah. Uh, and, it's, it's about uh, a lot of, time. and a lot of, uh, a lot of bad publicity. Mm-hmm. Um, the bad publicity part of it got them to be like, oh, well, okay, we'll shop it. And, you know, we'll put it up, you know, if somebody else wants to buy it, like a Netflix mm-hmm. or a whoever, uh, they can. Uh, but what I think it's going to really kickstart is... And I hadn't thought of it this way, but the whole thing with also the the you know the the SAG after mm-hmm. uh, strike and uh, the writer strike earlier uh, and all that stuff has really started more of a conversation about how most of these lower level people in these industries make their money mm-hmm. um, and how when Warner Brothers, for example, decides to can a movie like this Wile E. Coyote. Your average knuckle dragger on the street is going to say, "Well, the artists got paid for their work. Mm. They did at the time, but they count on yeah. residuals." Yeah, and a, a lot, lot of contracts are do. written heavily that favor the back end. Yes, and so for every example of Five Nights and Freddy's, who had a first-time uh, director, who uh, I think the initial her she was paid five hundred thousand to make a you know thirty million dollar movie, which is peanuts for a director Mm -hmm. um but she's getting like numbers on the back end so Mm -hmm. she's like set for life which is pretty awesome yeah um to make a dumb mediocre to be honest uh yeah but again it it had it's much like wiley coyote it has an audience yes definitely yeah it has an existing audience that will did it do better than expected yes yeah but it was still expected to do a certain amount right and again the whole like the tax write-off for 30 million dollars there is no way you can't tell me that if Wiley gets released to screens, it's not going to pull in thirty million. I yeah, that's why I don't. Obviously, these uh, you know tax lawyers that work for these companies are a lot smarter than I am. But yeah. I don't understand the math. Like like what you just described, yeah. I don't I'm understand sure the math. All has on that. well once you get into residuals and once you yeah. get into licensing to to you know streaming services and shit. I'm sure more money has to get paid out. I feel like more money would be brought in. Yeah, but it's still... <clears throat> I guess it takes... What it does is it takes the risk out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, why, why are you making movies? Yeah, why do you even do what you do then? Yeah. Why do you... Just go to fucking work on Wall Street. Yeah, like... Do do this somewhere else. Because mm-hmm. um, this was the big thing during the 50s and 60s. It was the people who had run movie studios forever were getting pulled out and being replaced by, you know, bankers. Yeah. And 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 businessmen and not movie makers. Right. And it, you know, it feels like... Because there's a difference between wanting to make uh, a good product, so therefore you make money, yeah. and I just want to maximize how much my profit is. Mm-hmm. Because at some point, that's why you get shitty movies. Yeah. Even the shitty movies that do well. Yeah. Because they're cheap. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the same reason that um, you're. Uh, if we were to, if we were watching an, a football broadcast right now, every commercial break would be loaded with fucking Love Island and oh, yeah. The Bachelorette in Paradise or something like yeah, that. Whatever. All of those shows on, yeah. get huge fucking eyeballs or uh, huge eyeballs, mm-hmm. lots of eyeballs, yeah. and they fucking cost dick yeah. to make. Yeah. 
Um, you just got to get a bunch of fucking morons in one place, tell yeah. them to take their fucking shirts off and hard. film it. it ain't hard. You know, nowadays. that is not hard. No. Um, and it does not, it doesn't cost anything. No. So, and, and this, so this is the, this is that, um, it's why you get constant fucking sequels. It's why anything like the emoji movie exists. Um, it's what is happening sadly to, to what used to be even like untouchable pillars mm-hmm. like Pixar and, yeah. uh, like Disney's animated output. You could usually, for 20 well, years, you Marvel. can count on, oh yeah, Marvel too. This week, the, um, I mean, the whole thing was the Marvels, which of course they're taking the wrong lessons from it because of course it's a female-led film, so that's right. why it's doing poorly. Right, yeah. Not the fact that maybe the market's been oversaturated and... Yeah. And you've kind of made it clear that you don't have a direction anymore. Yeah, because there's constant... And don't care. We might pull Kang. And don't care. We don't know. (laughs) Yeah. You're you're right around the order in which things are released. I mean... yeah, Wonder Woman should have ended that conversation. Mm-hmm. The first, the first Wonder Woman. Yeah, clearly, uh, should have ended the conversation with the, the the female superhero. If your movie is good, no one gives a fuck. Yeah. If your movie is bad, also no one gives a fuck. If it's mm-hmm. Captain Marvel or if it's fucking Quantumania. Mm-hmm. If your movie sucks, no one wants to see it. Yeah. But they're so they're incentivized. Because sometimes, or a lot of times, shitty movies make a lot of money. Yes. <laughs> and they're like, no, we just want to keep doing that. Yeah. Um, but those eventually have diminishing returns. Yes. And that's that has been... We're facing serious... Uh, well, just... Not just superhero fatigue, but I think franchise fatigue. Yeah, I, I, I think so. I think it's... Yeah. Because, I mean, we saw like the Mission Impossible did not do well. Right. Um, at a certain point, you're just like, how much? Yeah. How much is enough, really? And then you look at the movies that did do well this year, mm-hmm. and it was Barbie, which, again, they took the wrong lesson from. Yep. Um, yeah. Ooh, they, okay. you want more toy movies? Oh, no! That, what about <laughs> no! Fe- <laughs> but notice they're not talking about that in the female-led films. <laughs> right. When it's literally nothing but female leads. Right. Yeah, when they say female-led uh, films don't work and long movies don't work. Meanwhile, the two biggest movies of the year are Barbie and Oppenheimer. Yeah. Um, so, and I think that is what happens also when, you know, going back to these people are not in the people that are running these companies are not in it to make good movies that will then make good mo- make mm-hmm. money. They are just in it to maximize profit as much as possible. That's why they're constantly taking the wrong lesson. The, they're learning the wrong lessons from these uh, successes and failures. Um, it, it's just frustrating that there's no one there to like... Because, Dan, I know we're fucking super smart. Yeah. In this fucking basement. In mm-hmm. fucking Milo Main. Mm-hmm. But we're not the only people that, are, that have these thoughts. No. It is shocking to me that there's not anyone in these companies like, guys, this is, that's not why Barbie did well. It's not because it was a Mattel toy. Yeah. It's not why. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, it, it's. Yeah, again. But they don't, they either don't, they yeah. either don't have those people or they fire them. Yeah. Which is more likely, I guess. Um, and. Because it's, again, it's. People get to that position and like people that get to that position to be making those decisions are used to being right. That's the thing. It's it's I'm going to call it the Elonification 
Ooh, of that's CEOs. Good. That's good. They yep. all think because they've been successful that they're brilliant and yep. never wrong. And that's why I mean And they and they, they got to where they are due solely to their brilliance. Yeah. Not because Dad think, had a fucking like, yeah, apartheid. Clyde had a fucking yeah, and then you, you, uh, happen, you happen to buy out Tesla at a smart time. Yeah, and, yeah, no. Just the fact that Elon has pretty much turned Twitter, which ran successfully for years, over a decade, yeah, with no, no subscription fees, no, you know, they they ran it pretty damn well. It's so, and he has just dumpster fired that thing in yeah. a year. Which is really makes me angry because, like, part of you is like, fuck this guy, I'm never using this site again. But on the other hand, I'm like, fuck you, dude, I was here first. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like, I was part of this community first. You're the one that came in and fucked it up, you leave. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Which I think is what a lot more people are kind of trying to turn it back around to. Yeah. Because, yeah, it's, there are times that Twitter gets almost fucking downright embarrassing. But... I've just started muting all those people. You know? <coughs> but even <coughs> that aside, even if you're able to do that, which I've gotten pretty good at, mm-hmm. it's not... <coughs> the product itself uh, doesn't work as well. No. Like, I'll go... If I, like, every once in a while, I'll scroll through the people that I follow just to see who I haven't seen anything from in fucking weeks. Yeah. And how is that possible? How is this person I just started following two days ago 90% of my feed right now? Yeah, right. Type of thing. It's like, come on. Yeah. Uh, So I'm... I mean, obviously I still... That's still my main source of... You know, because I follow all the football people on there. Mm -hmm. Football... All the stuff that I care about, I follow people that cover those things. my movie shit. Yeah. um, That's really all it is to me is a... Is an aggregate of all of my interests and people... And most of the people that I follow cover those things they're not uh i don't follow a whole lot of like celebrities just for celebrity's sake yeah um like i I, I don't follow many unless they're like really interesting yeah yes there are a couple that are yeah uh like pat noswald i follow yeah you know people like he's super fun comedians now that you mentioned i've seen anything from a long time i haven't either uh but i think comedians are okay because i'll follow comedians too but uh like ninety percent of my NFL follows are beat reporters, yeah. Um, and for like the or, or not movie critics, but like movie movie writers, yeah, movie people that write about movies. Yeah, so most of mine are yeah. compiling stuff. I yeah, I follow I follow almost no one that like I know personally. Yeah, and because I don't, I'm honestly the ones I do know personally never show up. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and like me, I don't tweet anyway. I don't tweet at all. Yeah. I it is solely a uh, a news feed for me, but it's not. It doesn't even work anymore. Yeah. Like you said, like if you follow someone, that's all you'll see for like three days, yeah. and then you or you won't see stuff from people that you've been following for years. Yep. Um, and you kind of forget they exist. Mm-hmm. Like, did I mute that person a while ago yeah. when I got tired exactly. of? Most people, most of us, don't want to go through our followers. No, and see who we've forgotten about. But again, it's that is the the quote unquote price of social media. That it's just. Eventually, it all seems to suck. Well, and, and this week, it's what uh, the, the big thing this week was that uh, a bunch of major uh, advertisers, Apple, Disney, uh, uh, Universe, NBC Universal, Universal, 
there was at least six like major major companies that pulled advertising from uh from twitter fuck him i'm not calling it x uh that pulled advertising because people were sending them screenshots of their content followed by well that's the thing yeah because like ads are now showing up in the middle of like comments right right. section like not just like in between posts yeah in like in the comments yeah so it's like you will see something that is like a comment that's just fucking abhorrent. Yeah. Written by some Nazi douchebag. Yeah. And then right below it, fucking come see Disney's Wish. Yeah. And it's just like, <laughs> Jesus. Disney don't like that. No. No, no, no. Uh, but of course, um, Elon is. Who is he blaming it on? It's not his fault. Oh, with Elon, probably the Jews. Because <laughs> that's what Elon seems to blame a lot of things yeah, on. Because he, he is severely anti Semitic. Yeah. Yeah, it's so funny that he has... Well, that's what he's done. He has basically built his... He has torn it down to the point where he feels like he's welcome to... Or he will be welcomed to say uh, yeah. everything he's wanted to. He's kind of built it to him for himself. Yeah. Um, Which, again, I get it. You're rich. This is a complete billionaire move. Yeah. To take some... Again, don't create anything of your own no. to do this with. Because and you, and you kind of hit the nail on the head when you're like, "Fuck it, I'm not calling it X." Yeah. No one calls it X. No one. It's kind of it's gotten <clears> to the <throat> point now where even when it's like referred to on the news, they always say X, formerly known as Twitter. It's like the yeah. whole fucking Prince thing. Yeah. It's only a matter of time. Like everyone, like, he's gonna go by Prince again at some <coughs> point. Well, <coughs> and and Twitter, he'll he'll rebrand it at Twitter at some point, but you'll have to pay like five bucks a month to have it call, show up as Twitter on your apps. It also shows how just. On a basic business level, how dumb he actually is. Oh, he's bad. Because he should understand that when you bought Twitter, one of the most valuable things you were buying was that fucking blue bird mm-hmm. and the name Twitter yep. and the yeah. verb tweet. Tweets in the fucking dictionary yeah, it's as a, or, well, I mean, it was in the dictionary anyway because it's a word, yeah. but it is one of the definitions of tweet is a post on Twitter. Yeah. Um, or at least it was. I don't know if yeah. it made now that it's changed. It's not there anymore. But I remember when the name, like the I'll name, guarantee it doesn't show up in fucking Merriam-Webster under X. I'll <laughs> yes. fucking guarantee guaranteed it. it does not. Yeah, um, yeah. It's he has just made severely bad business decision after it, bad business decision, and it feels like that's what most of the people running a lot of like the studios or the fucking content providers of streaming yeah. services. Because I mean. I just I was reading another thing recently where apparently like Paramount, which is hemorrhaging money, yeah, cut like fifty percent of their movies, like they just dropped them, and it's like, people, pe- most people buy your services for one of two things. If you're Peacock, it's because you've got The Office. Everything else is just gravy. Right. You know you're there. For, you're you're basically there for those Thursday night shows. In is some Friends form. on Peacock? No. <coughs> no. Where's Friends? HBO. HBO. Um, but most of the stuff, and HBO had to pay a fuckload of oh, money yeah. for it. Yeah. Um, but again, this was all stuff that 10 years ago was all under the Netflix banner. Netflix fucking had it all. Yep. Um, and then, I mean, I get it why Netflix started competing by putting out their own programming, because some of Netflix's programming is really fucking good. Yep. But, at a certain point, they started throwing too much money at their own creations, and not as much of at money at retaining shit they had. Yeah. So having a hard time with the balance. Yeah, yeah, and now <clears throat> Netflix is mostly just a wasteland of their own shit. Which some of it's fine. Yeah. Some of it's but good. It, 
but almost all of it is in the same way that uh, you can kind of watch 10 seconds of a mid-2000s USA show and, and know that it's a mid-2000s USA show. Mm-hmm. You look at a Netflix movie and you're like, that's a Netflix original. Yeah, <laughs> You can just see it. Uh, I don't know how else to describe it. No, nope, you just—it's got that sheen. Yes, it's very shiny, but also kind of cheap. Yep, it's like cubic zirconia. <laughs> it is Netflix. like cubic, cubic zirconia of, of movies. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Every once in a while, we'll put on a Scorsese, but like, yeah, and like you can look at like look. I'm not saying that cubic zirconias are, are not a, a beautiful stone, but mm-hmm. like uh, it's not as nice as that one. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, uh, it makes me wonder too because. If it feels not that it it almost feels like it tarnishes movies for me a little bit because yeah. like I should be dying to see the killer. Mm. It's a fucking David Fincher film. I guess starring, it's good though. I almost watched it last night. Yeah, and that's the thing. I've almost watched it a million times. Yeah, but the absolute need for me to watch it isn't there because yeah. I know it's going to be on Netflix tomorrow and the day after that until they eventually just fucking drop it and I'll forget about it. Yeah. Which happens, you know, I'll be gung-ho for a movie for a month, I just don't get around to watching it, and then I forget it exists, and, and it's, it's gone. gone forever. I never, <laughs> And I don't see it on my shelf as a reminder, oh, I haven't watched that yet. Yeah. So, Which goes back to the old thing we've talked about quite a few times, <coughs> which is starting to be a problem, is uh, I'll have a movie in my wish list forever, it'll finally be four ninety nine. I'll buy it, and then I never fucking watch it. Yeah. Because it's, cause I could watch it whenever I want. Why would I watch it now? Yeah. This movie might be gone yeah. tomorrow. But, like, yeah, a, a brand new David Fincher film. I'm, and the other one is, like, The Irishman. That's Scorsese, perhaps my favorite director of all time, yep. with a new mob movie yep. that came out in 2019. I watched it for the first time this week. Or whenever that was, the 10th. I didn't realize that, that this was your first yeah. watch. And I watched it on my Criterion disc. <laughs> <laughs> because that is one of the rare times that there's going to be a disc. Yeah. Um, I think like with, certain with directors, ones, certain directors, I think, have the pull to go, no, you're fucking releasing that. Even though yeah. Mank hasn't come out yet. So the last yeah. Fincher film on Netflix still hasn't come out. Netflix does have a deal with Criterion, but they're not over... Criterion still... They only release four to five films a month. That's it. Yeah. So, and they're not all going to be new films. Criterion wouldn't fucking do that to themselves. Especially now that they're they're releasing stuff in 4K. It's usually like, I mean, they just announced the February films. Let me see how those stacked out. What just got to Criterion that I wanted? Uh, oh, Lone Star. Yeah. Well, was it's that, not out was yet. that announced? Or yeah, that's, that'll be out in January. Yeah. Uh, yeah, February title's announced. <clears throat> so we got The Roaring Twenties, which is okay. a, an old film. Uh, Nothing But a Man, which is... Don't I don't know what that think is. think in... From the 60s? I mean, it was one of Malcolm X's favorite films. 1964. Uh, the Hero- Heroic Trio and Executioners, which were Michelle uh, Yeoh mm-hmm. films. Eric Romer's Tales of the Four Seasons box set, which is, I think, 80s? Those films from the 80s? I'll take your word for it. Nope, 90s. 90, 92, 96, and 90. I knew you were a liar. And then uh, a 4K of McCabe and Mrs. Miller. Really? Yeah. That's been on my wish list a long time. It's gotten as low as six ninety nine. Uh, I still haven't pulled the yeah. trigger. And then for, for have you J- seen it, McCabe and Mrs. Miller. Yeah, a long time ago. 
Uh, yeah, I went through I, when I went through my Robert Altman. I got to watch everything of his face. Right. Um, and then from like January, they've got Train Spotting, Mudbound, a Netflix original from like 2017. Mudbound. It was the mis- uh, 2017. Yeah, uh, it was about the. Uh, Black farmers coming back after World War serving in World War Two. Oh, vaguely remember something yeah, about it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So again, 2017, and that's just getting. Released. Yeah, I would have. Yeah, I and like Lone Star, and then a 4K of Blood Simple. Uh, Pinocchio. Although in December, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio is coming out, but that's Guillermo del Toro who has other films in the Criterion Collection. You know, there's. Did you watch that? I still have not. And now I'm not. Good. I'm waiting for it to come out. Yeah. <clears throat> Ooh, Mean Streets comes out next next week. Nice. On 4K. 4K. Criterion. Yep. Exciting. Um, but yeah, net, Netflix, they... You know some of them will eventually come out on disc, but... Yeah. So, six years? Yeah. <laughs> on right, some of them? yeah. So like when you're talking... Six 20, fucking years? 2029 when you get something that... Yeah. Uh, uh, you get like... The killer, or yeah, whatever. and and uh, Scorsese, um, the Irishman was one of like the quickest releases as far as so that shit's concerned. Yeah, I'm sure that was all agreed to beforehand. Oh, like, I'm sure. I'm sure like, Scorsese went because uh, it was a big deal when that was announced. It was a very confusing uh, to people when that was announced that he was doing that. Yeah. That he was doing a Netflix original. Like, but why though? Yeah, and that so, and that was when they only did it. Like, well, oh, we're going to release it for one day, right? I know <laughs> uh, Netflix number. did just. They just re- renovated a theater in Los Angeles, like one of the right. famous ones. I'm forgetting which one now. But they just they paid to renovate it, so they're showing like releases of yeah. theirs there, which is smart. Yes, but again, it's one city. Yeah, it's L.A., so you're gonna get money. I mean, they should. They really should have one of those in every major city. Yeah, um, like in, like like I know it like doesn't. AMC it wouldn't or, make sense to have one in Bangor. No. But we're, lucky, we're lucky we fucking get what we get. Because you could you could literally you could treat it like Netflix and use it to show your uh yeah. your originals when they your big originals when they premiere and then in the other theaters yeah, have, it, have it, some of your lesser known have shit. Your fucking Korean films that no one knows exist. Yes, the ones that are in the and back it, you of own them. Yeah, you can play right. them whenever you fucking like. Right. <laughs> you don't have you to. You want to have a Ryan Reynolds triple feature night? Go for it. Yeah. You own them all. Fucking it right. Would be, that would actually, I think, create that kind of excitement for their films, which most of their films don't have. Right and now. give your each theater kind of its own. Use your best judgment to yeah. to what you pl- you know play what you play. It doesn't so it's, it, yeah. it gives it more of an independent more a more independent yeah. feel. Uh, well, like how awesome would that be to be like, oh, you want to watch House on Haunted Hill on Sunday? The whole series? We're oh, playing yeah. it. That would Show be cool. up at 8 a.m., leave around 8 p.m. See, we should be billionaires and we could do this. Exactly. They that's really all I... That's. I'd be so much better at being a billionaire than billionaires I are. feel like we would. <laughs> you know? Because, <laughs> again, and it's easier to say because we don't have the money, but for us it's not about... Having the money, it's about what you can what do, you can with, do the with the money. Yes, I don't give a fuck because it's like they're talking. You know how like if you tax fucking Elon, oh his tax bill is going to be five billion dollars, but it'll still leave him with twenty five billion a year. Or yeah, whatever. it's like I wouldn't give a fuck. Billionaires are so uh, 
I guess this again, it, it kind of goes back. It's to how this they is, became. This is how you get to being a billionaire, yeah. but it's never enough. They're yeah. always trying to get more. I would like people like you and me would be like, let's use this shit, yeah, and fucking have fun for the rest of our lives and help as many fucking people yeah. as we can. And like people forget, like Dre is a billionaire. Yeah, I don't ever hear him doing ridiculously stupid shit with that billion dollars. Right. You know, he's putting it to use. He's yeah. doing shit with it. <laughs> like. I don't think for him, as, yeah, because it seems like they just become obsessed with where they are on the Forbes ranking. Right. And that's what matters. Yeah. I can't lose $2 billion on this deal because then I'll drop four places. Right. <clears throat> it's like, who fucking cares, dude? Yeah. You could literally fund a small country with what you make. Do yeah. it. You could end homelessness in the United States tomorrow if you wanted to. With one year worth of your money. Yeah. One year. And that shit's done. It's funded forever. <laughs> oh my god, the fucking Giants are going to beat Washington. The Giants are maybe one of the worst teams I've seen in a decade. Yeah. Oof. Anyway. Uh, Let's talk good movies. Yeah. Let's talk the shit I've been watching. <laughs> I'm just dumbstruck by it. The Giants are up 14-3 to 3 right now, which is just... Yeah, just, bananas. Just unacceptable. We'll do a quick check-in on our games. Uh, oh, I am now in the positive. Oh, my God. Jared Goff has fewer points than he did when we last looked in. Yeah. But yet, somehow, it must have been running touchdowns or running yards because I was like, Johnny has now scored seven points. Or Jameer, I should say. God, I'm going to do so terribly this week. I'm at roughly 10% of what my... My estimation was going to be my projections. With five players currently playing. <laughs> well, technically, I, I only well, have three going. Right technically, now. only four players because again, Noah Brown is out. But still, when my quarterback and two running backs are both playing, and I've only got eleven points, are all playing, yeah. I've got eleven points. That's bad. Yeah. Uh, and when I've got three people playing, and it's uh, my defense, my kicker. And yeah. uh, my just-off IR you're running scoring. back. Yeah, you, you take away Lamar Jackson's, you're still kicking my ass right now. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if A-Chain didn't put up shit today. But I guess he could bust one. Over the other one. I'm fine, I guess. What's Justin Herbert doing? Uh, where are you? Oh, who did... Oh, shit. Philly's Aaron Noah agrees to a deal. Where are we looking? The news feed there in the top. The, the live. Oh. Of course, we can't hear him, and I, no way can I read that. So I'm just going to go. Seven years, 170. Baseball money is fucking insane. Yeah, and again, it's Aaron Nola, who is very, very good. Oh, so he at least is staying with the Phils. I like that. How old is he? 31, maybe? God damn it. So can you imagine signing someone... To a seven-year, I always, I just, it's just no, he's thirty. He's thirty still. Yeah, I always think of things in NFL terms. That's why. That's that's why. But like, yeah. the idea of giving a thirty-year-old a seven-year deal yeah. is crazy to me. Because yeah. there's no way that at thirty-seven he's going to be playing at what does that? Uh, what's that give you for an? Uh, what was that average about? Twenty. Five 20, yeah. fish? Roughly. A year? Oh my 
Yeah. At, yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously that's good. And but. I mean, every once in a while, yeah, you'll get like a Verlander who has like an amazing season at like 38. But Verlander this year sucked. Yeah. He looked old. Scherzer this year looked old. Pitchers yeah. have a set point where eventually they're done. Yeah. It's like, well, it's again, going back to NFL, it's like cornerbacks. Yeah. It's there. Once they lose this much, yeah. uh, a tiny little fraction, that's all it takes. Yeah. When a. Cornerback. Especially if they don't like learn to play differently. Yeah, like when a cornerback loses half a step, he's done. Yeah, um, and it's same with pitchers. Yeah, once they lose, yeah, two three miles yeah, an if hour. You, if you've never learned how to like like be a Maddox, yeah, or a Jamie Moyer, one of those guys who never overpowered people. But well, uh, who's but, someone that would have uh, <coughs> pitched one way? <laughs> you know. Was a power pitcher and then transition made the transition. There aren't many. I'm trying to think of someone. There aren't many. But that's what you need to be able to do. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, Maddox was never a power pitcher. Pedro was always a pretty powerful pitcher. He was smart. He was 92, 93. Yeah, and again, when he like went to the Mets, he sucked. Yeah. So, again, a pitcher who had such a, like, a absolute, probably the most dominating four-year span of pitching ever in yeah. baseball... Lost that little bit, and he was done. And, I mean, this is part of what makes it that, but it was in a time when offense was bananas. Yeah. Uh, he was pu- he was putting up historic numbers. When everyone was hitting 40 when home runs. Everyone, when there yeah. were like 40 home, the, run, 40 home run hitters. The more impressive thing than looking at Pedro's stats from that time, especially like 99, 2000, 2001, is... How he compared to the rest of yeah. the league, like, if like you, second place. Like look at this year, there were something like only nine three hundred hitters. Yeah, in all of baseball, nine. <laughs> I feel like I, Pedro in his prime would have just he would have won twenty seven games this year. You know, with a one point four ERA. I think the two thousand three Red Sox had four or five. Yeah, including the guy hitting ninth. Yeah. Who won a batting title? Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Hitting ninth. <laughs> this year, you had, of those 300 hitters, Freddie Freeman was one of them. Um, I think Mookie might have been just under. But a lot of them were teammates. Like Acuna, yeah. 300. You know, um, it was all the people that you expect to be the best players. And once they didn't, the one, and then you, there was like a steep drop off. I'm like I'm actually on the That's fucking wild. page right now. I can find that out. Uh, not standings, stats, batting. Oh, this is not. The, I don't want the fucking postseason. Who cares about postseason numbers? So you had Arias, Acuna, Freeman, Diaz, Seager, Bellinger, Bats. Oh, Bats did hit 307. Uh, Bichette, Otani. That was it. Nine. Wow. And again, uh, Jesus, yeah. Compared to like, well, hold on, let me see how far back I can go. Ninety nine. See what it was in 98, 99. 99 or ninety eight. Well, that was the year Walker led the league with hitting. Okay, so we had Walker at three seventy nine, Garcia Parrot at three fifty six, Jeter at three forty nine, Williams at three forty two, Martinez at three thirty seven, Gonzalez at three thirty six, Abreu at three thirty five. Manny at 3.33, Omar Vizquel at 3.33, uh, Yvonne Rodriguez 3.32, uh, 
Ah, Casey. Ryan Casey? Adam Casey? 332. There's your top 10. And they're all above 332. Um, Fernandez. What was the who the le- fuck is Cirillo? He hit 326. He played for the Brewers. Uh, Mark Gruzelonic hit 326. Uh, Juan Gonzalez hit 326. Carl Everett hit 325. Glanville, 325. Carl Everett was so good. Rafael Palmero, 324. Roberto Omar, 323. Sweeney, 322. Todd Helton, 320. Bush, 320. Jones, 319. Velarde, 317. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero, 316. Ricky Henderson, 315. How far down are you? I'm on number 26. (laughs) Hamilton, uh, Giambi, Giles, Randa, Sedano, White, McGriff, Green. Hey, Mark Grace. Uh, Sir BJ Serhoff. <laughs> Would that have been uh, Arizona Diamondback, Mark? No, nope. this is the last year I think he was with the Cubs. Ninety nine. Uh, Johnny Damon, Frank Thomas, Eric Caros, uh, Stewart Bagwell, Rodriguez, Alfonso Vidro, Piazza, Anderson, Williams, Castillo, Ordonez, Lofton, Ventura, Sheffield, Singleton, Greer, Lieberthal. Fifty three people. <laughs> I was three hundred. I was above. going to be uh, silly and say thirty-five. No, fifty-three. And then you have two ninety-eight, two ninety-eight, two ninety-eight. Oh yeah, two ninety-eight. Yeah. It's not. It's not like all of a sudden it went down to two fifty. Two ninety-seven, two ninety-six, two ninety-five. Yeah, it's there's a good number there. And what did you say? Okay, led, led okay, the, led the league this year. The sixty-fourth best hitter hit two ninety-four. I'm just going to pick a random three sixty-four for their sixty. 264 for... 294 for the 64th best player. Okay. Oh, how do I go back to the years on that? Are you going back to this year? Yep. And seeing what the 64 best best hitter hit. (coughs) It is... 64th best hitter is 262. (laughs) A 30 point (laughs) difference. Well, just the different. What, was, what led the league this year? It was Arias, and he was an outlier because he hit 354. The next closest one was, and again, he was having a historic season for half the season. He was yeah. flirting with 400. Uh, but Acuna was 337, and Freeman was 331. Yeah. Uh, so, Seeger was 327 at fifth, and then the sixth best hitter is 307. So there's a 20 point drop between fifth and sixth. So that top five. So actually, anyone outside of that, the number six uh, from this yeah. year would have was been... Co- was Cody Bellinger, who had an almost MVP-like campaign. Would have been in the 50s. Yes. In, did you he, look, what he year would've... did you look up? 99. 99. Yeah. And think about the numbers Pedro put up. Like, what he would be doing this year. Good goddamn. Yeah. <sighs> That's fucking outstanding. <laughs> I don't even know how we got to that, but that was awesome. Well, uh, just t- talking about uh, oh yeah oh the 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 Aaron Nola contract, um, like Pedro had three Hall of Fame level pitches. Yeah. So like, if you have one Hall of Fame level pitch, you can mm-hmm. be the best closer or mm-hmm. something. Um, if you have two Hall of Fame pitches. You're gonna have a very good career if you have three. Yeah, you are dominant. You do stuff like that. Uh, he's the most fun player to watch. 
my maybe my favorite baseball player to watch ever. That was that was a fun era to be watching. It, yeah, it it, it kind of reminds me of the tweet you see kind of refresh every once in a while. <laughs> said uh, there should be an alternate Olympics where they allow you can take as many drugs as you want. Let's just see how how high a human can jump. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's kind of that yeah that you know like it was just it was a more entertaining product mm-hmm. uh because they were all just fucking roided out of their brains mm-hmm. um and just smashing things uh something yeah, you forget because like like this year you still have people who hit like 50 home runs yeah like i mean last year judge you know broke the al record with like 62 yeah um so it's not like the the you feel like oh their power is still there but the Going to compare home run numbers. Have to. It's also uh, the way that the game is played now. Yeah, um, that plays a big home run leaders. The number tenth hitter is Mike Judge with thirty seven. Holy shit, he's playing baseball now. That's pretty good. Yeah, he's still playing baseball. Yeah. Um, not Mike Judge. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> you would have thought he would have done that first. Yeah. But he was t- he was tenth <laughs> with thirty seven. Uh, actually, that's not surprising. The number 10th would have been uh, Rodriguez, Alex Rodriguez, with 42. So not a big difference. No. But you don't get below 30s until you hit the 46th player, Troy Gloss. Um, Are you back to this year? This year you fall below at 30 with Nick yeah. Castellanos with 29. <coughs> so again, the home runs are still there, but Jesus, the whole three outcomes thing is definitely... Yeah, that that is I'm not... sorry. So basically everyone was like, oh, well, you're sacrificing batting average for power numbers. You're really not. Yeah. The power numbers are still there. <laughs> the power numbers were still there. Yeah. Uh, but before people could fucking hit. <laughs> yeah, because it, it, it goes... It's, I mean, it's not just the steroids. It's the... It's the way the well, it's analytics mm-hmm. that that says that's the best. That is the best outcome. It's not worth it to yeah. Score again, your score your if, runs if, as, as if quickly no one's as you can. Your fucking game, right? What does it matter? Yeah. What difference does it make how efficient it is if no one fucking cares? Yeah. Um, I used to, I used to watch every Red Sox game, mm-hmm. every one. I mean, obviously you'd miss some for various yeah. reasons, but like. Everyone, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I my I wouldn't say your day revolved around it, but you you knew when the game was on, yeah, and you and managed that, to catch some of it, at yeah. Least. And I was if I had something to do on a Saturday and they were playing at one, I would do it beforehand. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you know, yeah. you, your life doesn't revolve around it, but like, and there wouldn't have. I bet there was never a twenty-four hour period for <clears throat> a decade. There was never a twenty-four hour period during the uh, baseball season. Where I couldn't tell you what the result of the previous game was. Yeah, I'll put it that way. Yeah, there was never like a four-game stretch yeah. that I missed. You're not even sure which place <clears throat> which place yeah. they're in in the division. I could at any given time tell you who was starting yep. the next night. Um, so, and I don't watch it all now mm-hmm. at all. Uh, I you know I barely pay attention. Like I, the only mm-hmm. the only things I know about baseball are what I get from uh, mm-hmm. people that follow the Phillies that I have on for Eagle stuff and you. Mm-hmm. That is it. Yep. That's my entire so I have I know a lot about the Phillies <laughs> and the whatever Phillies, you tell me. Phillies are fun this year. Yes. Or were fun this year. And I think they'll continue to be fun. They've, they've got good Phillies guys. Yeah. 
like hard nosed players that remind me of like the you know when back when they had like Dykstra and John Crock and, and those fucking lunch pail guys. And plus just all time best throwback unis. Oh, without the, a doubt. The powder blue with the maroon. Fuck yeah, they it's do. Maybe the best uniform in sports. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah. Yeah. Uh so and and the it was it was kind of cool because I uh Pseudo adopted after I had kind of stopped watching baseball. We went to that the Nationals game, and I bought a Bryce Harper shirt mm-hmm. then, and kind of pseudo adopted Bryce Harper as my favorite player for some reason, yeah. even though I fucking Cause he's, cause he's fun. didn't follow anything at all. And then he ends up in Philadelphia, which is cool. So I end up I end up still mm. kind of following his career. Um, from a yeah, he's a fun guy to watch. I enjoy him. Yes. I wish the Cubs <clears throat> had landed him. Yeah, I know. Seems like forever ago because like him and. Chris Bryant were like good friends growing yeah. up, so they were. Bryant was trying to get him on the Cubs, and it would have been cool. But I don't know Cubs are going after Otani now. Oh, they're, really? They're apparently in big time for Otani. I mean, everybody's fucking in big time for yeah. Otani. What is there a projected number? There no, because that people um, are thinking because of the out? because of the. I mean, yeah. he was originally they were thinking five hundred. Yeah, for like ten years, but that was before Holmes money before he got the elbow injury. Yeah, I mean, you're still looking at a guy who's hitting three hundred and hitting forty home runs. Right, and even can steal and can steal twenty to thirty bases. Even if he maybe he might never pitch again, he's still going to be an MVP level hitter. And and maybe you're not getting the MVP level hitter plus starting pitcher. Maybe you're getting your closer. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that's better or worse yeah. for elbows. I don't. There probably isn't any difference. No, but I mean, even like I said, even if he never pitches again, he's he. I mean, he won the MVP award this year yeah. again. Like, two out of the last three, he probably should have won it the year before, but Judge had to go and break the home run record. So that got all the... Or even, I'm I'm thinking probably, like, as his career goes on, assuming he does pitch again, that maybe he turns into every other star. You know, every other time through. And that's the thing, it's like, he plays DH, so he doesn't put a lot of wear on his body. Yeah. You can still DH him every single day. Yep, you can DH Um, him every single day. And then maybe he only pitches every ten days. Yep. Look at me over here making baseball decisions and spending half a billion dollars. Yep. <laughs> it'll be interesting because I mean, it'll likely end up probably being the fucking Dodgers just yeah. because because they, they're, they, the they're the Dodgers and they can buy everybody. Um, Who's got the? Is it Dodgers and Yankees have biggest payroll? Actually, it's the Mets. I think the biggest one this year. Yeesh. Yeah, but they like, did not, what, what they did are we not talking there wisely? What are we talking numbers annually now? Oh, let's find out. I feel like the Mets had theirs at like in the three hundred million. Holy fuck! Because I remember back in the day, two hundred was the bananas number, and that's what. Uh, yeah, the, the Mets had a bananas. payroll of three hundred and forty-three. Wow! Uh, followed by the Yankees with two seventy-eight, uh, Padres with two fifty-six, and Texas with two fifty-one. So at least their money resulted in a championship. But these, uh, the the wild thing is, is like, yeah, they're could, still making money. Yeah, they're still and and a lot of it. Well, that's why people scream at the Cubs. Yeah, it's like you print money. Yeah, your fan base will never go away, no matter how much you suck. You are not clearly. Tampa, you are not Tampa Bay. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's almost it's it's almost um, Tampa Bay stops being good. That team will yeah. be out of Tampa Bay within five years. Right. The Cubs will always be the fucking Cubs. They're all they're always sold out. Yeah, like. They, they, I think this year might have been like their highest attendance ever, you know. And this year, Love Has to Years have not been that great. Yeah, 
Um, I mean, we're still not like the early, to, like late to mid, the like mid to late two thousands there, but still, yeah, they're not great. Um, but they're still they should they should never have to worry about spending fucking money. Right. Unfortunately, right now the ownership is spending it all on the ballpark and shit around the ballpark. Like they're buying up everything in Wrigleyville, essentially. So they'll own sports bars that are right outside. They'll own hotels that get put up right outside. <laughs> this is we're kind of still talking about the same thing that we were talking about with the movies. Yep. You've uh, got the people with all the money thinking they know what's best. Well, because buying it because all you just said that the Cubs fans are never going to go away. Mm-hmm. They know that. Yep. So why the fuck would they spend a nickel on that team? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Say, nope, this is what we're going to spend. Because it doesn't matter if we put field a 80-win team yeah. or a 100-win team, we're still going to get the 3 million attendance or whatever it was. So we might as well not spend any money yeah. because we'll make more. This is a really sad uh, recording that we're doing. I right know. Now. We're just bleak. Uh, what did you watch for movies? Hold on. I'm checking out the Cubs attendance by year. Oh, my gosh. You're just, you're just in for more. Okay. So... This year, the Cubs had 34,261 per game. The year they won it all, they averaged 39,900 a year. I mean, and let's see, 2012, when they won 61 games, they had... 35,000 in attendance. Hmm. So even uh, in 2008, when they were really good, they won 97, they were 40,000 that year. So they're going to get between 35 and 40,000 in attendance every year. That's more than I thought, I guess, more than I thought fit in there. Yeah, but I mean, they're like 2,000, they're... Yeah, their payroll wasn't as high in 2016 when they were all young, but their payroll in 2019 was 220,000. I wonder what the this year it was 162. So they their attendance went down by 4,000, but they spent 60 million less. How many does Yankee Stadium hold? Is it like 60,000? Um, hold on. I'm just. I mean, obviously, there's uh, a difference when you're talking about having 80 home games. I mean, uh, Yankee people, Stadium people are... is 46,000. Okay. And I think that's one of the things they've been working on. Wrigley is making the field bigger. Yeah. There's more seats than there used to be. Because I, I mean, at some point, uh, I mean, even in the biggest city, your fan base is only going to afford so many tickets in a year. But yeah. I would think that. I mean, that's what's like what's crazy about Fenway. They really haven't added much in seats, no, other than I mean, the stuff on the monster. I mean that that's tough because it's got streets, busy streets on all sides. Yeah, so there's nowhere for it to go. They but, could build up more. But, yeah, you know. but I'm I'm just wondering how like a football size stadium would work in, you know, as far because I don't think the viewing experience would be all that much different than watching a. Why would it be any different than watching a, a football game? Although maybe you might be able not be able to see the ball. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, I'm talking on my ass. Um, movies. Movies. Actually, hold on. Before we get to that. <clears throat> P break. Pause. Okay, we're back. We're back. 
Uh, movies since we last uh, recorded. Uh, you had your last couple of uh, Halloween-y type ones. You started um, November with Barbie. Yeah. Um, I kind of meant to watch that last night, but ended up going to bed at like 9. So yeah. uh, it didn't work out. Uh, it was good. Yeah, it's an incredibly fun yeah, if, movie. If you if you like it, the heart is pink instead of red. Yeah, one of the, on one of the, one of the weird things Letterbox does. Um, I'm not sure how well it'll hold up on second viewing, but it's a very fun movie. Like, yeah, it's it's what you would expect. It's <clears throat> everything you've heard about it. It is current. Okay, so this was part of my because uh, I actually kind of looked it up on Vudu yesterday. Um, and I, initially, I was going in. I was just going to rent it. Mm-hmm. It is, however, on sale for twelve ninety nine. There you go. Is that? Oh yeah. If you're going to either rent it for six or buy it for twelve, buy it for twelve. Okay, it's worth it. I mean, um, if anything, it's one of those ones that Tilly will probably watch a fucking ton. Sure. Uh, the the other the other one that is on sale this week, which I I might buy, that I was also thinking we might rent and watch was Blue Beetle because I guess it's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Uh, that is on sale for nine ninety nine. I think it's streaming somewhere. I think it's on HBO. Oh, is it? I think. Probably. <laughs> uh, but I also, you know, I thought, well, if, if like, Colin wanted to watch that, I'd, for three bucks, just yeah. buy it instead of three bucks more, just mm-hmm. buy it. Um, I say that, and I did end up buying Indiana Jones when it was on sale for, like, twelve ninety nine. Yeah. I haven't fucking watched it since. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't even know what it's called. Dial, Dial of Destiny. Destiny. Yeah, I did know. I lied. Um, then you uh, watched The Witch. Yep. Was that uh, you were supposed to watch it in October? And nope, no, that's for the podcast. For okay, the other, for Video Monsters. Um, that you can see exactly which two films, two out of the three that I've watched this month, were for the podcast. Yeah, and then just Insidious: The Red Door because it was on. <laughs> <laughs> I like the Insidious films. Uh, this one was not oh, terribly good. Yeah. Uh, it was directed by uh, what's his name, um, Mr. Bland. It was uh, Patrick, oh, Wilson. Patrick Wilson. Yeah, he directed it. Interesting. Yeah, which uh, good for him for getting a directing gig. Uh, what wasn't very good. No, no. Uh, that was your first watch on that. Yeah. Um, and then I wa- I've watched a fuckload of Scorsese. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Departed, which I watched, uh, I have rewatched recently. Um, I rewatched it this year, I think. Hmm. Um, how do I see that? There it is. I watched. It, oh, I guess I lost. I watched it last year. I watched it last March. It's one of those I could watch a billion fucking times. Yeah, that really one. Can. That one I feel like doesn't. Uh, it, it. I feel like there are a certain segment of people that consider that a B level Scorsese. Yeah. Do you feel that way? No. Do you feel that that's a uh, that that's something that is out there? Oh, without a doubt. Okay, because I a lot of people because like oh well he that's the film he wins the Oscar for. Is it because it's a remake? I think. Or I think. Is it because... I think it's because a remake, and it's it was po- really popular. Yeah, I think that was kind it too of, popular. For... I think maybe because there's always film snobs who are like, "Yeah, but have you seen Silence?" Yeah, it's like no, nobody did. <laughs> you know, it, I'm. It's no, because not a fucking door. It's on my list to watch, and I'm sure it's fucking great. Yeah, but 
You know, not everybody's seen fucking Kundun. <laughs> um, but yeah, Departed was like his highest grossing film. So when it's, you know, when it's someone especially who is, he's fucking Scorsese, you know, he's as lauded as he is. When you end up winning your best director Oscar for your highest grossing film. Yeah. It feels like, oh, what, is Cam- Cameron going to finally win it for Avatar 3? Yeah. Type of thing. You know, uh, it's Peter Jackson winning it for the third Lord of the Rings film, you know? Right, right. Uh, and I, I find it the most enjoyable of his to watch. It, like, it that, really is. It's one I could watch endlessly, and I always, like, I always, I never lose interest in it when I'm watching it. It's one of those where, look, even in my favorite movies, there are sections that you're like, "Come on, get to the good part." Yeah. Even in my favorite favorite movies, mm-hmm. um, this one, every, like every scene is good. Yeah. It's, Every scene... It's one of the across-the-board best-acted films of yeah. his. Yeah. Everyone. I mean, when like your like, eighth person on your call sheet is fucking Martin Sheen. Right. Come on. <laughs> you know, all, all of the hoodlums are good. Yeah. You got, you got Wahlberg, Wahlberg doing pretty much the only thing he does well. Yes, this is uh, the absolute best uh, role you could possibly... Yeah. That he could ever do. Yeah. Ever. Because it's just like... Be the real you, Mark. Yeah. Just be yeah. just be a fucking prick. Yeah. But you get to be a righteous prick yep. and, and be the good guy. You're, you're the, the only end. main character who fucking survives yeah. the movie. Which is just fucking crazy. You give the 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 villain of the movie his comeuppance. Yeah. You get to be the last one on screen shooting somebody in the head. Shooting Matt Damon. <laughs> in the fucking face. Yeah. Uh Sign me up, boss, yep. and that's yeah, and that's the best role he'll ever have. Yeah, um, yeah, he will never be better than that. I mean, if you want to include uh, the Transformers movies where he's a scientist, <laughs> an inventor, yeah, um, it's it's like one more believable that he's a fucking Boston cop, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that hates everyone, yeah. Um, but like I, I mentioned this one, like DiCaprio is he's an underappreciated actor. I feel like anyway. Just because he's fucking Leo, he's a star. Yeah. But he's very, very good in pretty much every movie he's in. Well, he fucking commits. Uh, this he's was, a pretty boy. He doesn't have to commit as well, much as he does. That's the thing. He was still at his the point, I think at this point, now that he's 50... Uh, now that he's just starting 25-year-olds. <laughs> but now that he's 50, uh, and he's got several more movies under his belt... Um, He's kind of earned the right to... He doesn't get the pretty boy thing as much anymore. But in 2006, he was at the height of... Mm. Well, I wouldn't say height of pretty boyness. But, like, at that point, it was still... This is the guy that was in Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. Come on. Um, so that... that It took... Well, it took him getting older, yeah. <laughs> frankly. Uh, and yeah, along that's crazy. With, that film is now 17 yeah, years almost old. 20 years old, yeah. That's fucking nuts <laughs> to think yep. about. That film is that old. Uh, another one that I watched semi-recently, um, that you watched actually just two days later, your next watch, uh, was Shutter Island. Another one that I think is considered a B-level Scorsese. Yeah, a lot of people Um, consider that like a cast-off, and I'm like, I don't get why. I don't either. It's really good. It's... Is it just that it's not like anything else that he has done? I don't know. Again, again, it's another popular film. Like, it yeah. made money. Yeah. Um, 
it, it's a film with a twist ending, and everyone's like, oh, twist yeah. ending. But no, it came from the book. The book had the fucking twist ending, guys. Right. <laughs> um, Dennis Lehane was having a fucking time of it around then. Between this, Mystic River, fucking Gone Baby Gone. Like, yeah. Lehane was getting out there. Um, but yeah, you've still got DiCaprio, fucking um, Mark, Mark Ruffalo, Mark Ruffalo um, Ben Kingsley. For Christ's sakes, right. Michelle Williams. This is a great cast of people. I don't get why it gets the hate it does. Yeah, and it, it holds up. And it's I know a lot of people are like, oh, once you know the twist, it doesn't hold up. Yeah, it does. Even when you know it's coming, because you see the little things. Right. You see the guards think... in the background who look kind of panicked. Yeah. And at first you think, oh, they're just nervous because the fucking feds are here. Mm. No, because they've got a fucking maniac that they're letting play fucking cop. Yeah. Um, and again, the end is still heartbreaking when he comes to the realization that, nope, he's here because he killed his fucking wife after she killed their kids. Right. And then you start to get that, that wondering, you know, like, oh, he's going to start, is he really insane? Or is, cause it's like, you get that thing where it's like, no, he's, he's, he's solved it. Yeah. And now he's just, he, now he's going to be able to deal with it. And then it's like that last little conversation he has with Ruffalo. Where he's all like, oh, no, I think I know. They're all on to us. And you're just like, oh. Does well, he or does he not really know what he did? Or is he just, he knows he needs to fucking die because he can't deal with this anymore. Yeah. He needs to be lobotomized. <laughs> it's similar in a lot of ways to, like, Memento. Mm-hmm. In, the, in that, am I just as well off if I fucking... Play into my own fantasy, and yep. it's better than facing what I really did. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because yeah, oddly enough, the one that doesn't hold up as well for me is Gangs of New York. I was curious about that. Uh, I saw you rated it a little bit lower uh, yep. than the other two, because that is one um, that I, because I, I mean, you remember way back to earlier this year, uh, <laughs> I had started watching Scorsese's. I watched like maybe three. I can't remember. I watched Mean Streets. I had recently enough watched Departed and then maybe something else. Uh, but anyway, Gangs of New York was another one that I had on there. Because that Gangs of New York um, <clears throat> came out around a time where about three years later, 2005-ish, was uh, constantly on TNT mm-hmm. or TBS yeah. or one of those things. So I watched. I feel like I've watched this movie a shitload at work. Yeah. Uh, Which I is probably one of the best on places to watch it. Yeah. Because, honestly, I mean, there are still great, like you said before, there are great scenes. Yeah. And then your scenes are like, fucking, okay, get to the good stuff. Yeah. Um, and that's pretty much every time Cameron Diaz is on screen. Yeah. She's not she, awful. No, she just doesn't fit in that movie. Her part is completely unnecessary for that role, and if, I mean, for that film, and it takes away from what... I don't need the romance angle. No. This film is all about fucking DiCaprio and Bill the Butcher. Yeah. And they're fucking... Knowing that they're going to have to come to a head at a certain point. And they're funny pants. And they're funny pants. And eventually, <laughs> when you do get the big show off between the two of them, it gets interrupted because the army's fucking cannonballing New York. Yeah. Which is a bit of a letdown. I get it, that's historically what happened. Yeah. But shit, it's a bit of a letdown when you're waiting, especially after you have that amazing opening sequence where you've got the fucking big battle between Liam Neeson and Bill the Butcher. Yeah. And it's brutal and bloody and everything you want. 
and then it takes you two hours to get back to that again. Yeah. And in the meantime, you've got a whole What's lot. the total runtime? 240, yeah. I think. Um, but it feels longer than it's 240. Because again, <laughs> there's like an you hour. You feel every second. There's an hour in the middle of that film that does not need to be there. Yeah. Because you're building up too much shit with fucking... Should have been cut. Should have been cut. Sorry, she's a nice lady, I feel. Um, <laughs> she's not a bad actress. She's probably fine. But, yeah, that she should not... This Her part should not have been in this film. Yeah. And I get it. Oh, but then there's no female parts. That's fine. This is not a female-driven story. Or or she could have been anything else. She yeah. didn't need to be that. Um, I just always felt like she... Did not didn't not the character didn't need to be there, but specifically Cameron Diaz. I don't buy her as in a, that, as a prostitute with a heart of gold. In oh, for one, in she's way period. fucking too pretty to be a prostitute in that era. Mm. Yeah, she would be much more likely to have. I just three didn't buy teeth. it. Yeah, yeah, and again, it distra- and it distracts from the film because yeah. you just want to be like, oh, get back to the build the butcher shit. Yeah. You know, you put Daniel Day-Lewis in this movie, and he's fucking magnetic. Yeah. Let's keep him on camera, great, shall we? Great hats. Yeah, great hats. Let's, But let's keep putting him on... Let's see the shit between him and the fucking Tammany Hall guys. That yeah. was the fun shit. Yeah. You know? Christ, it could have just been that, and I would have been <laughs> fine. Yeah. I would have been like, I don't even need fucking Leo's character in this. Just give me fucking him taking on Tammany Hall for the rest of the fucking movie. With the natives... Um, Especially because it's a very, like, that movie is kind of potent right now. Yeah. Because it's all about people who are right-wise born in this land. Yeah. Versus the immigrants. Yeah. And thinking who should have more rights and who deserves to be here. And who wants to bang Cameron Diaz. (laughs) (laughs) But it takes away from it. I always liked it because of, you don't, I don't know that you don't get a lot of movies in that time period. But it was it was a world during a time that I was completely unaware of. Yeah. Which is what year is it, roughly? Civil War, so 1860s. Um Yeah, because anything that you usually get from that time period is directly Civil War related. Yeah. So you get a lot of southern stuff, um, and a lot of uh mm-hmm. you know, north versus south type things. You don't get an inner city New York at that time yeah. uh, story. Well, pretty much very pulling often. people off the boat and putting them in Union uniforms. Yeah. Um, so I, I I always appreciate when a movie is that. Yeah. Uh, in a not necessarily just a time that I that you don't get a lot of movies of, but a, a taking a very famous time and this is what was going on here during that mm-hmm. uh, that thing that you've heard so much about. Yeah. Um, which is pretty cool. Uh, let's see. Shine a Light, uh, Rolling Stones documentary about one of their concerts in New York. Yeah. It's fine. Marty knows how to fucking film yeah. a concert. It's Again, it's fucking weird seeing 70-year-old Mick Jagger gyrate about on stage like he's 22. <laughs> um, so that's that's why it's a three and a half. It was fun, and I can still hear the music, and the music is good. Yeah. Um, Rolling Thunder Review, though, that was actually a phenomenal music documentary. Yeah. Um, because it wasn't, but yeah. it was. Um, if you want to click on that for a minute, there's like a scene I highlighted in the review. Um, yeah, that's what thought will do. Thought will fuck you up. <laughs> um, 
Because basically, there is documentary footage throughout this film. It's um, during the Rolling Thunder review that started in 75 and went for like five years. Where they Dylan and the, the band and Joni Mitchell was on it for a while and Joe Baez was on the tour for a while. They had Alan Ginsberg on the tour for a while. Where basically, they just went around to like very small things and played. Made no fucking money. Because they were playing like town halls and shit. Not big concert venues. But they were... It was almost like a bunch of art house kids just getting together and putting a show together every night. Um, fucking hippies. So there's a ton of documentary footage from it. Then what they did was they kind of constructed a story from it that isn't necessary. They put kept putting people who were pretending to be there. Like, Sharon uh. Stone is in this film, <laughs> saying she was almost part of the tour. And there's footage of her being there, because she was a young model at that time. Yeah. But she was not part of the tour. Yeah. You know, there was a guy that was pl- who was playing the director, even though he was not really the director of the footage. So it's like... In that era of Dylan, Dylan was very much a trickster. Like, he threw off the, I am not the voice of a generation, you folk hippies, fuck you. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm just a musician. I'm doing what I want to do. I am not here to speak for all of you. I don't care. Um, and Dylan's kind of always come off as that kind of trickster asshole. And this plays into it perfectly. <laughs> where, like, because they, they do a lot of the stuff where there's the old footage, then they'll have, like, new interviews. And Dylan would just be like, I don't know what we were fucking doing there. <laughs> but someone would be like, oh my god, they must have had this planned out. It was so brilliant. Yeah. And Dylan's like, I don't fucking know what we were doing. Yeah. Uh, so it's funny. It's surprisingly funny. But again, it's some absolutely amazing... That's like my favorite era of Dylan anyway. Because um, that's like post-Blood post on the Tracks, but a lot of the stuff is like from the Blonde on Blonde, Blood on the Tracks album that they're playing. Um, and they were changing a lot of the stuff they played live um, to accommodate it. Uh, and it was just really good. And you, Joan Baez is on a lot of the tour. She's fucking awesome. And it's always fun just to see Ginsburg like, latching onto shit with his weird little shit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, super, super fun documentary. Quote-unquote documentary. And all, again, all using... It was like what Peter Jackson did with the, with the Beatles doc. You know, he just took all, all this footage that exists... Existed already, cleaned it up, and then put it into the narrative you wanted to put it into. Did you get through all of that? Uh, the no, Beatles I one. To, I still have to watch the last two hours. Oh God, it is. It's the sort of thing that you get excited for, and then you yeah. start watching it, and it's like, yeah, whew, uh, yeah. It's, I still have the con, the actual concert itself to fucking watch. Yeah, I might just skip to that because, like, it's kind of it kind of puts you to sleep at times because a lot of it is just nothing. Yeah, uh, just kind of very quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean. Not that it wears off, but at some point it's just four British dudes sitting in a room. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, because most of it, they're just fucking off. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to go off on that. But no, the yeah, when you get six hours Beatles to do that, yeah, yeah, right. Um, this does some of that, too. Squeeze it down, Pete. Come on. But, no, it was, it was, again, will this be a five-star for everybody? Certainly not. Yeah. But I love Ginsburg. I love that era Bob Dylan. It was a very interesting time in like po- politics because it was that you know that 70s era in new york when everything was like fuck what's going on you know we're we're getting ready to fucking get the president out of here and we don't even know yeah. who's gonna you know what's going on are we at fucking war with iran no gas all this kind of shit you know the world was in a very it was in a state of upheaval and it was a fun time to have a music documentary about that uh, what's next? The Irishman. Yes. Um, that did not need to be three and a half fucking hours long. 
That is what uh, the primary thing that has kept me from watching it. It's really good. The last, yeah, because it's you're dealing with the stuff that Scorsese's mob movies never deal with, and that's what happens after. Yeah, like even with like Goodfellas, you it ends with Ray Liotta in, you know. Protected custody, right? You, but that, but that, that's where it ends. You don't yeah. get what happened. This after. is like what happens to one of the button men after they've been in the business for like twenty, you know, a long time, a long fucking time, and the the regrets these old men have. Yeah, knowing the lives they've lived. Um, Pesci is phenomenal. Yeah, he's so good because he's so understated in this, which you expect. You know, Scorsese mob movie with Pesci. You're gonna get the fucking firecracker in this, yeah. But he's not. He's always the guy who's just like, "No, this is what you need to do." Sorry. And then, I appreciate a, a calmer Pesci. Yeah, no, it's it's phenomenal. And um, um, I'm trying to think. Can you click on? I'm trying to remember some of the, the smaller actors that were because again, it's loaded with small actors. I'm particularly thinking of a young British guy, um, Stephen Graham. Um, oh, he, yeah. he's excellent. In this, he plays pro. Yeah. Uh, um, he's in. Uh, I always uh, think of him matched. As, uh, yeah, I was thinking of him as Tommy. Yeah, Tommy Gunn. Well, I just <laughs> like two days ago because this is one I'll, I'll kind of re- go back to since watching even before having even seen Snatched, I would see the the yeah. Brad Pitt scenes. Um, so I just like two days ago uh, watched, um, you know a. Not a mashup, but a, a, a collection of all of the Brad Pitt scenes from Snatched all in a row. Yeah. It's fucking hilarious. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's mostly him. I love the thing where he realizes that if that guy dies, I'm fucking dead, too. Yeah. <laughs> and, I'm gonna, and he's just standing there, one tear going down yeah. his face. Yeah. That's what I think of when I when I think of him. No, he was really good in this. Because like, all of them are mostly lower-level mob, mob bosses oh, in this. In gang, he was also in Gangs of New York? Yes, he was. Yep. Um... And Boiling Point. That Boiling, we Boiling Point was fucking awesome. He was so good in that. Yeah, he's got a good career. Yeah, um, he was in Venom, uh, yeah. the second one. I that, actually forgot. I can't even tell who he was in that. I don't remember. Uh, oh, he was a detective. He was. A oh, yeah. That's right. That movie was utterly forgettable. Yeah, yeah. it was pretty bad. Unlike the upcoming Madam Web, which I'm sure I'm going to remember everything about. Uh, questions about that. Yeah. Um, I didn't even know it was being made. I had heard rumors it was week. getting made, and then we got a trailer. Is what you saw in the trailer, is that the origin of the Madam Web that we're familiar with, all, or are they all, just using the name and creating I this completely different I think it's a newer person? origin, because all I would know of Madam Web, honestly, is the shit from the Spider-Man cartoon in the 90s. Okay, me too. The old, old yeah. woman. Okay, just, me too. Yeah. <laughs> who is like this the commander shit. of all these fucking different realities. Yeah, which yeah. I think they're kind of doing with this one, which sounds neat. It doesn't look half bad. It looks better than Craven, honestly. Yeah, it really does. Um, but yeah, nothing. Of, I was just like, oh. This and they is got. It. I mean, I mean, Craven got some names too. But they've got. There are several. Yeah. Named actors. In, yeah. I mean, in that got, I saw it is them. a Sony Spider-Man universe film. Yeah. So there's money into it. I just don't know how well it's going to do because I don't think a lot of people are going to care. You're getting into Morbius territory. Oh yeah. Where like, unless you start really tying these in, yeah, no one's going to care. Yeah, you, we better see that red suit, you know, yeah. somehow, somehow, like, make it yeah. happen. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty crazy how we seamlessly, seamlessly went from Scorsese to Morbius. Yeah. <laughs> In, like, 
Two yeah. degrees of separation. Both films that didn't need to be as long as they were. I, I can't say that. I still haven't seen Morbius. It doesn't matter how long it is. It's longer than it should be. Yes, exactly. Uh, it was. It went beyond trailer length. Well done, Stephen Graham. Yep. Um, but oh uh, yeah, The Irishman. Great film. No way I would have ever sat through it in theaters. Yeah. Um, and it's one again. I will watch the last hour. Anytime. That yeah. last hour is so fucking good because it's telling the story over multiple time periods at the same time. Um, I don't get the lower rankings at all. Yeah, it's the the spread on uh, on Letterbox is a pretty good middle finger. Yeah. Um, mostly fours. Do you think those fours are all are length related? Yeah, I, I would bet a good portion of them are. Because again, it's if you took the middle hour out. It's probably not as good of a film, but it's an hour less. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Great, yeah, great, great cast. Every, Ray Romano's good in it. Harvey Keitel's good when he's in it. Uh, Anna Paquin was really good huh? as De Niro's daughter. Pacino is really good as Jimmy Hoffa. Um. Yeah, good cast. Just a good cast. Well, it's it's an expertly made film. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're not going to get a poorly made Scorsese film at this point. You're just not. Uh, what was I watching this week that... Uh, oh, no, it was on It was on Twitter. Uh, someone had posted an old... Um, man, was it... A Polaroid commercial? Where he's at the... It, it's a great commercial. It's him picking up uh, pictures at... You know, a pharmacy mm -hmm. that he had taken of his nephew's birthday. Yeah. And he's going through them, and they look like anyone's birthday party picture. And he's critiquing the, mm -hmm. oh, and at the end of it, he's, he doesn't like how they, how they came out. And the, it ends with him calling his nephew and going, Hey, Jimmy, what do you, how do you feel about turning five again? Because he's like, <laughs> We got to do this. The lighting is terrible here, the composition, the angles. And he's going, We got to do this again. Timmy, how do you feel about That's turning awesome. five again? It's hilarious. Um, um yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to, I had something to say, but now I forgot it. Yeah. No, oh well. Happens world again. Great film. Highly, highly recommended. Um, one that I had never seen, surprisingly, until the, this was the Aviator. I'd never seen it. Really? That that's a uh, feel like I've seen it a million times yeah. on Sunday afternoons. I, I like that movie. I somehow never watched it. It's really fucking good. Yeah. It again, is. Leo kills it. Oh yeah. Leo absolutely. Kills it. It's another one that is, it's pretty long. It's like right? two hours and forty minutes again, yeah. but a lot's fucking happening. Mm. Like it, it covers a huge span of covers time. A huge too, span of right? time. Uh, made me really want to watch the movies he made. Like mm. I have to see Hell's Angels. I just fucking have to see it. Um, I, like, I mean, it's really it. He led a fascinating life. Yeah, he uh, he really did. The fact all, that he is like. All anyone remembers in is movies the... and making airplanes. But yeah. he's not just like he is not an Elon when it comes to making the airplanes. Right. He knew about like there's conversations with him between him and like the lead scientist. And you obviously know he is just as smart. Yeah. And the ideas are there. They're they're fucking crazy from time to time, but they're like doable. Yeah. Um Yeah, see that's what I want my fucking billionaire geniuses to do. Make fucking movies or shit, you know? Build better things because, like, all anyone remembers is the you know fingernails and the piss in the jar and stuff. Yeah. Um, but he did; he lived a fascinating life. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I love the stuff with him and Hepburn. Um, mm -hmm. She 
fucking nails it. Who played Hepburn? Oh, did Kate Blanchett yeah, play? Yeah, Kate Blanchett played her, and it was awesome. Um, but yeah, that honestly, that should have been Scorsese's, I think, first best director. Yeah, it was, it was such a good film, and and again, Leo was excellent in it. Like he, they gave him a big fucking task to play. Yeah, uh, John C. Riley's awesome in it. Alan Alda, Ian Holm. I love that Gwen Stefani is listed there, even though she's in the film for like two seconds. Adam Scott, you know, never knew Adam Scott was in a fucking Scorsese huh. film. Um, just so many good people. Yeah, that needs to be uh, on my um, on my rewatch because I probably haven't watched it since. Mm. Probably the last Ooh, time I watched Eric it was only gave it a three and a half. Interesting. Son of a bitch. Mm. Was uh, a Sunday afternoon mm -hmm. TNT watch, I'm sure, would be the last time that I watched it. And uh, the Blu-ray has like a bazillion special features on it. Like a lot of special features. I, this was a uh, uh, a Netflix movie for me, I know that. Uh, mm -hmm. Like a Got It in the Mail got it on the desk. Netflix movie. That was an exciting time. Uh, I know it's it easier really now, and, and we all we do is we have more choices than ever, and we spent the first thirty minutes today bitching about it uh, and bitching about Netflix. But oh and, man, but man, Wait, it was waiting so, for those DVDs. Oh, to it come. was so fun when they were in. When you saw the fucking red envelope in your mail, yeah. it was like, and again, because it's like you'd put like your thirty-year movie list uh, movies yeah. on your queue. And it wasn't always going to be the first one available. No, so sometimes it got like randomly pulled, and you're like, ooh, but then you're like. It took away a lot of the, oh, I, I don't know what to watch tonight. No, yeah. You have to fucking watch this because right. you got to send it back. <laughs> yeah, guess what? Dude, you're watching this. Yeah, you're watching uh, that. To, like, our, you know, Netflix films, I watched within a day or two every mm -hmm. time. Yeah. Because I wanted to watch them. Because you, you wanted to get them. You wanted to get them right back. You had to get your fucking money worth. Yeah. And you wanted to get them right back because what if something that's been unavailable for a long time is suddenly available? Yeah. If you fucking, what if it becomes available and you've still got these ones sitting on your fucking table and yeah. then you wait two more days and it's unavailable again? Yep. So it was a constant, it yeah. was really a, uh, like a... High stakes game. Pavlovian mm -hmm. uh, science experiment where, it, I don't care if you want to watch, you, you're watching shit against your will. Yep. <laughs> you, know, you will watch this now yep. or you're losing fucking daylight. Yeah, and there have been times I've actually thought about going back to that kind of model. Because, yeah. like, yesterday I bought, like, four new movies. And I'm like, I probably won't watch some of these for, like, a year. But I bought them because they were available, and I want to make sure I got them while they were available. And I'm like, what if I just watch these in the next two days? Yeah. Like, maybe I should start doing that again. Of course, then I've got, like, this all other full-fledged fucking plan of stuff I'm going to watch. I think we just got a little hail shower. I don't know if the mic picked it up. But, yeah, I think so, um, too. Because it was kind of spitting snow... Oh, yeah, it was very uh, wet. Earlier very today. heavy wet snow on my way over here. Yeah. Um, yeah, it sounded like a little bit of hail. Yep. Awesome. Main weather. It's great. Awesome. Um, but this actually has led into what I kind of want to do uh, with my next year. I kind of want to give myself a Scorsese film school. Yeah. Because that's what, as you'll notice, I've been watching. I've watched two very fucking lengthy documentaries. Mm hmm. Um, let me get the titles right. Uh, my Voyage to Italy, which is like a three-and-a-half-hour-long documentary where Scorsese talks about the Italian films he grew up watching. Right. And uh, Personal Journey with Martin Scorsese through American movies, which is exactly what it sounds like. Because um, it's just... He's such an interesting guy when it comes to how smart he is about films. Mm -hmm. Like, it's one of the things I've always loved about Sir Dredd. It's one of the reasons we like Tarantino. You watch a Tarantino film, and you're like, ooh, I got seven new movies to watch based on what the he talks about. The, the funny thing there, you bring up Tarantino, 
is uh, the commercial I was talking about earlier was someone's example of the tweet was something along the lines of um, Quentin Tarantino wishes he had uh, screen presence. Meanwhile, Martin Scorsese has more screen presence in a fucking drum uh, a mm. drugstore uh, advertisement from 20 years ago than Quentin yeah. Tarantino has ever had yeah. and is doing it effortlessly. Yeah, and, and, and he was also in... Uh, I can never forget his role in fucking Taxi Driver. What was he in Taxi He was Driver? the passenger in one of, when they sat outside uh, of the... He's like, my, it wife's, been up, my wife's up there fucking someone else. Oh. <laughs> yeah, like, Marty, Jesus. Yeah. Um, he often plays little bit parts in the films that you don't recognize, like um, Wolf of Wall Street. He's the one that Leo first sells, like the four thousand shares of something to on the phone when he goes to work for Dinah and whatever. Still, never seen Wolf of Wall Street. Mm. It is on. That was okay. So there's a couple that's things because that's a two and a half, that's a two hour and forty minute film that fucking flies. By. Yeah, uh, it's four ninety nine right now, but it's also always streaming. Yeah. Um, I say that, and I'll finally want to watch it, and they'll be gone. That is, there are a couple things, and I'm trying not to say them out loud, or, or it won't fucking happen, because I don't want to have to hold myself to it. There are a couple uh, movies on my list that I have specifically picked out that are, you have to watch this by the end of this year. Like, yeah, I don't care if it is December 31st, and there are five movies on this list, that's what you're doing that day. Yeah. Um, and that is one of them, because I've just put it off for however old that movie is, mm-hmm. 20. 18, 2016, yeah. 2017? I don't know. Right I don't around, even know. Right around there. Um, I guess I could look it up. Yeah. I recently watched it, so it's like that's why I haven't watched it yet. But I'm going to... Well, the, the impetus for this is screen drafts. Oh my is, God, 2013. Wow. <laughs> the impetus for this is screen... It is 10 years old. Screen drafts is doing a Scorsese draft like they did with um, Spielberg last yeah. year. So it's like, oh, it's like I want to watch all of them again just because I fucking have to. Because... Um, Again, there's just so many fucking good ones. So many fucking good ones. Um, I like how the bad music video is on here. I, I and again, uh, it's fine, but like, I, I just want, I want the list. That's the thing that frustrates me about Letterbox, and we've talked about it before. There's no good way to differentiate between. Yeah. Because when you bring Separate. up his filmography, you get fucking everything. Mm-hmm. And what if I just want the movies? How yeah. many? Yeah, because some of those are very, yeah, very it's showing, short films. He he shows up uh, under his director, uh, under direct as director. He it shows up fifty seven. Yeah, and uh, a good portion of those are short films. Yeah, because and yeah, because Criterion released video. a disc of five or six of his short films. Yeah, um, but like, oh, scroll back down. Uh, yeah, the audition was a short film. <laughs> Martin Scorsese's quarantine short film. Huh, don't even know what that is. <laughs> uh, Street Scenes Letters on BBC. Huh. Martin Scorsese talks about life in isolation. It is five minutes long. Yeah, and it's it, it, it's just... <laughs> and I, I, I do like my <laughs> vlogs to be acknowledged as shorts. Uh, that's pretty good. That's the top review on Letterboxd. <laughs> but the whole reason I wanted to do this was, um, again, oddly enough, one of the things that came up during quarantine was um, Edgar Wright and Tarantino were creating like their own little film club where they just talked about the films with each other that they were watching during quarantine. And they both realized they had a huge British film like gap. 
Yeah. So they asked Marty Scorsese for a few recommendations, and he gave them, like, a list of 50. Yeah. Like, the next day. <laughs> um, and if you look up our list, you'll find, like, oh, Martin Scorsese's 120 film recommendations. Mm. Or shit like that. And watching, especially, like, the my, my Journey to Italy, um, where it's all Italian films, there's just so many, like, classics I've never fucking seen. Like, and he's not naming, like, he's not, like... Tarantino, where he's naming like obscure fucking B movie shit. Like he's yeah. like, oh well, here's a fucking Rossellini film. Yeah, here's a fucking you know, you know Pasolini. Here's Fellini. It's all these like titans of film, and he's like naming off like six films each. And I'm like, yeah, I should fucking watch some of these. I really should. At least, even if I don't, even if it's not for me, which yeah. frankly a lot of them probably won't be. Mm-hmm. Um. It's still good homework. Exactly. You know? That's kind of what I'm viewing. I, I actually, it's one of the things I've been doing up in ISS when yeah. I'm up there and like I've got two or three kids because I can't do much other than keep them on task. Right. Um, so I just sit there and I've created a list of like a hundred classic films between like a bunch of his recommendation lists. Because anything that he recommended that I've already seen, I like took it off. I was like, oh yeah, of course he's going to recommend fucking Close Encounters or of course he's going to yeah. recommend The Godfather. Um, so I've created a list. I'm actually going to end up making a list of it on here. Um, because the other thing that gave me that idea was when he signed up for Letterboxd, and he's, like, naming off the films that have, you know, encouraged his filming. Sure. I'm like, I should watch those. Yeah. So this way I have, like, a full-blown Scorsese understanding, because, of course, I'm going to have to obsess about it. But I, I, you know, he's the guy that got me into film. Mm. He's the guy that when I went to the movie store... And started working at the movie store. It was his films that I hadn't seen that I sought out first. You know, After Hours, King of Comedy. You know, I'd seen you know I'd seen Cape Fear and Casino and Goodfellas. Essentially, you know, the ones that had posters in the video store. Yeah, uh, in the time that you were renting movies. Yeah, is but at that point, you know, I had never seen Raging Bull. Right, I hadn't seen Taxi. Because all of that that stuff was. Setting aside how old we were when they mm-hmm. came out, before video stores, yeah. um, and that's when you only saw a movie if you saw it in the theater. Yeah, you know, and if you if you were four, yeah. <laughs> you didn't see Raging Bull. No, and and if you didn't see it when it was out, tough shit. Jones's you Market just, did not get a copy of Raging Bull. You were just Bull. never gonna see it. Yeah, right. Yeah, Jones's Market didn't have a copy of Raging right. Bull. It was if it was on HBO, I don't remember it. Yeah. So it's just one of those films that had constantly escaped me at Last Temptation of Christ. Um, I think I, I might have seen The Age of Innocence. I can't remember, but like Mean Streets. All these films that, you know, you talk to any film director about films that influence them. Guarantee Raging Bull and Mean Streets and, you know, Taxi yeah. Driver are showing up on that fucking list no matter what director you are. Like, um, I, mean, I think I might have seen The Color of Money, because I think that was on HBO. Yeah. But I don't think I recognized it as a Scorsese film. Because that's no. another one that's considered a lesser because Scorsese. It's, because it's a sequel to something someone else did. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I uh, I mean, you can see, well, you can see, that the only ones that I've either watched for the first time, Mean Streets I just watched for the first time this year, uh, and the only other two that I've rewatched. Since uh, Letterboxd, our Shutter Island had departed, mm-hmm. which would be the two that we t- that we just talked about as being yeah. uh, his too commercial for yeah. 
your average film nerds. Uh, yeah. So, so like to, your average film nerd would be like, yeah, of course, those are the two that you've seen. Although yeah. Wolf of Wall Street is, yeah, also on that list because that's that's the one that all your dude bros have seen. Well, it's like one of those things. Like if you say like, oh, my favorite Scorsese film is Goodfellas, people are gonna, yeah, of course it is. Yeah, right. But sorry, it's still a fucking five star classic, man. Right. <laughs> Come right. on. I don't always have to say fucking King of Comedy. Yeah. Even I do love that film. Um, but I remember... But, like, like, I'd be tempted to roll my eyes even more if you name something super obscure. Like Kundun. Yeah. Which, although, or, that was one of my favorite scenes in all of fucking... Um, I almost said Goodfellas. In all of The Sopranos. When Moltisani's outside of a club and, like, Scorsese walks, and he's like, Marty! Kundun! I liked it! (laughs) (laughs) And again, in that five seconds that Scorsese's on camera. Yeah. Presence, man. Yeah. Presence. I actually really enjoyed Kundun, but I I had to, I just recently had to order a Region B Blu-ray of that because Kino Lorber put out a a, a two-disc version of that like five years ago, which is now like $90. Yikes. Yeah. So I had to order one from like fucking Germany or some shit. Because it is a gorgeous film. I mean, I'm pretty sure Deacons did the cinematography on that. Um, I say that, and I could be very wrong. Uh, nope, you're not. I'm not Deacons. Um, so I want to see that in Blu-ray, because all I've ever seen it on was fucking VHS when it came out. Because mm. that was another one. We did not get at the video store when it came out. And right. I was like, how the fuck did we not get Kandoon? And that was all the same time around uh, Bringing Up the Dead, where... We did not get a copy of Bringing Out the Dead. And I'm like, a Scorsese film with fucking Nicolas Cage and we didn't get a copy? What the fuck is wrong with you people? Again, people at the top making decisions when they don't know shit about shit. Right. But no, send us the 200 copies of fucking Air Force One, please. <laughs> well. Yeah. Um, anything else? No, uh, I'll have more Scorsese films to watch. I'm going to try to get... Silence, definitely, because that one is one of his unheralded gems. Um, After Hours, I'm going to try to get to soon. King Comedy. I've got 4Ks of Casino and Goodfellas, but I've seen I've, I've seen Goodfellas very recently. I haven't seen Casino in quite a while, so I'll probably watch that one soon. Cape Fear. See, I consider, it's funny because I consider Casino B-level Scorsese. Because it feels almost like a retread of Goodfellas for it's, much. Of it, it is a it is a not as good Goodfellas. So I'm kind of watching. And that's I, how that's my memories of it too. So I'm hoping rewatching it now, I'll find some new things to it. Yeah. Um, and another Cape Fear is another one, which is a lesser adored Scorsese. Because even Again, Scorsese it's admits, a remake. Well, even he admits he didn't want to remake it at first because it's one of his favorite films of all time. Yeah, he loves Cape Fear. Age of Innocence I need to rewatch because I haven't watched that in fucking forever. Uh, and I've got a criterion of it. Um, it. Come on, it just looks beautiful. Everyone who always only says Scorsese only does gangster films. It's like I know uh, there's really there's a period piece with Daniel Day Lewis and Winona Ryder. There really aren't that many gangster no films to be honest. No. It's just those are the yeah Goodfellas and Casino because again they were very very popular and made a lot of money and Mean Streets. And now The Irishman. He essentially has... And Mean Streets, calling that a gangster film, is very fucking low level. Because they yeah, they I, work for the mob, guess, but they I are guess, the lowest rung on the fucking ladder of the uh, mob. That film was not about them being mobsters. Right. 
it's it's maybe it's because there are you can kind of tie that to they all have that kind of same feeling mm-hmm. I guess but but yeah then you've got like but then you've got like silence Hugo. the last temptation of Christ and um Kundun. those are all highly religious films yeah uh bringing out the dead is about a fucking ambulance worker you know uh Hugo's about fucking George Malaise and fucking 1930s fucking Paris um Killers of the Flower Moon. Wolf of Wall Street's about fucking Wall Street. You know, no gangsters in that. Just a bunch of fucking low-level fucking common criminals. Uh, Shutter Island's a film noir. Uh, King of Comedy is, you know, the Joker before Joker. Right. After Hours is a screwball comedy that's just a little darker. Aviator's a old-timey Hollywood picture. Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore is a romantic comedy. New York, New York's a musical. Yeah, you can say all he does is make gangster films, but you're just kind of showing what an asshole you are when you say shit like that. <laughs> you you might as well just say, I haven't really paid attention to right. anything, so... Yeah. It's a gangster film. That's all he does. But I watched Goodfellas a bunch in college. Yeah, exactly. Are we done? Holy I fuck. believe Two we hours are done. and eight minutes. Wow. Nice. All right, we'll be back when we're back. I, well, the I'm going to... I'll put it out there now. My goal, when I start rewatching. Uh, maybe I'll start as early as next Tuesday, or actually like two, so like two days from now. Mm-hmm. Maybe I will. Uh, uh, my goal will be to get Wolf of Wall Street out during this little vacation. Um, is it streaming? Do I have to? Do I have to shell out my four ninety nine? It is on Netflix. It's also on Paramount. I can watch it wherever the fuck I want. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'll try to watch that this week, and then maybe I'll even. Uh, because there was a couple that I was going to re-watch. What did I say earlier? Aviator? Mm. Is that what we were talking about? Um, I did want to watch Color i got to find a copy of New York Stories. I only have that on VHS. I wanted to watch The Hustler and Color of Money. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I'm not going to want to do all this over uh, a five-day weekend. But no, that's like, My thing is... I, I'll I'm start gonna, I'm gonna trying try to, to watch Wolf of Wall Street and go from there. I'm going to try to watch all these Scorsese's by the end of Jan... By, like, middle of January. Yeah. By the time we, you know, maybe have been back in school for a week at that yeah. point. All right, well, we'll, we'll be back when we're back. It's the, it's the silly season, so who knows what... Uh, what the recording schedule will be about mm-hmm. be like right now we're uh, every two to three weeks which is yeah whatever's fine uh, so we'll be, we'll be back when we're back <laughs>